The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What a football weekend. That's a football weekend, man. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I got my fill. Now, again, I don't really care about scores or stats or what have you. It's not really what I'm eyeballing when it comes to watching exhibition football. I really do look at the seconds and thirds. Tells me a little bit about your roster. Also, it tells me a little bit about your work in the offseason and what your front office did on preparing for the upcoming season. Are you prepared? Do you have good backups? You don't want to tip your hand too much in exhibition football. People nowadays will game plan you off of any shit you do in the exhibition season. So you're not really going to see a lot of game planning. You're going to see a lot of guys in vanilla offenses and defenses for that matter. So you don't get too bent out of shape. And I've got my takeaways from that Eagle game against the Ravens. And also the weekend in football. We're going to get to that, I promise you. Gary Cobble, join us as he always does on Mondays at 4.30. We'll get his takeaways as well. Um, Real quick, and I know this is going to be a sore, a sore spot with my guy Tone. Dude, how many times am I going to tell you guys about the 76ers? Why do you cover them? If I'm Joel Embiid, I want out. I want out. I don't want anything. I'm in my prime. Whether he can lead a team to an NBA championship is not the point. I want out of that train wreck. It's not going to get better. It's been just shitty story since 2014. Okay. Since 2014, the same shit's been going on. I'm saying this, if I'm Joel Embiid, and again, guys, I don't know if he can lead a team to an NBA title. But I know he can't do it in Philly, not with that organization, not with Josh Harris. Not with Josh Harris. And this guy's going to ask you for a new building downtown? Man, wow. Man, I, 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 how are you going to push that past Philadelphia taxpayers when this guy's never brought you anything but disappointment I want out I'm not James Harden and all that I don't care I'm talking about the Sixers James Harden's washed up he was washed up when he came here he was washed up and I told you Daryl Morey's not a good GM where 
almost getting it done in Houston. 3-1 lead, you lose. I, I, dude, I'm not going to go too knee-deep in on this. I so don't care. Why would you care anymore? You know what sucks? And I get it. It's your team. It's your civic pride. And it rips at you, especially when people rip it up in front of you. The 76ers, even when I was a kid, they were one of my favorite teams. Even being a New England kid, Sixers were because they had Dr. J on the team. And they had Moses Malone. I loved that whole 83 team. But dude, this, 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 dude, this is a far cry even from, you know what was crazy about the Allen Iverson drama that you had in the building? At least you won. At least you had a superstar that was carrying you places. Crazy. You got drama with a washed up athlete. Who in the world has drama with a washed up athlete? You know who does? People who love their sports teams like Philadelphia. I feel, hey, I feel for you on this one. That's a bunch of shit, man. Those people don't give a shit except for taking your money and rolling out a mediocre product. If I'm Joel Embiid, I demand to be traded. Get me out of here. And it's not out of Philly. It's out of the Wells Fargo building. It's a cancerous building. They're cancer. Man, they can't get out of their own way. Hey, and when you have a team like Philadelphia Eagles in the same city as you, it's magnified even more. You know why it's magnified more? Because Philly sports fans get a chance to see how it's done right. And it makes the Flyers and the Sixers look even worse. It's one thing to be in a city that's got a ton of shitty teams. It's another thing to be in a city where an organization is getting it right. And you're watching the Eagles do it right. Hiring and getting people like Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith in the building. I mean, it's magnified. I mean, hey, now he's on Embiid's side. I just got through telling you, dude. That guy will never lead anybody to a title. But if that's me and I'm the reigning MVP, get me the F out of town. What side is that? I never told you he's going to win you a championship. I just told you, get me out of a shithole known as the Sixer organization. It's not on, hey, it's not on anybody's side. It's a train wreck all around. Whatever, guys. I'm going to give you my takeaways here in a second from what I saw with Eagles and Ravens. Um, the effort level was okay. Was it great? But you're never really going to get really great effort levels when you're playing so many twos and threes. You're not going to get a ton of spectacular effort. Okay, so you have to modify, you, you, you have to kind of modify your takes a little bit 
because there's going to be a lot of inconsistency. And there's going to be a lot of guys that are running around out there not knowing their position. There was some good and there was some bad. We're going to get to both here. So let's start. Um, as I've been saying to you since the Eagles drafted Jalen Carter that you're going to see explosiveness. And you're going to see a lot of things as advertised. He's got to figure the game out a little bit. But you can see that his explosiveness, the use of his hands, how he runs to the ball, his pursuit angles, everything, in my opinion, that you watch in a potential superstar player was on ex exhibit in that game. In small doses, of course. There's not a lot, but anytime I've seen him play, I think you've seen a guy who has shown great explosiveness, and that's, to me, the most important thing for a defensive tackle. Um, and seeing him and making sure that this guy here is going to be everything as advertised. Um, I, I love the kid. I think he's got an opportunity to be the next Jerome Brown. He needs more reps. They need to keep putting him in a position to win. Um, I think he's going to be a fabulous pass rusher. Okay, I really do. I think he's going to be a fabulous pass rusher. Let me ask you this. Hey, Tone, can you give me an update? Did Rashad Penny get hurt in that game already? Um, and when I say this to you about Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny is exactly what we thought he was. Nobody's ever questioned whether or not the guy's a good player or not. They've always questioned his durability. And to me, that will always be the number one thing that ends up being his downfall. He teases you. He absolutely teases you. Did Penny get hurt again? Just from what I heard, I heard he got nicked up in the game already. Okay? Already got banged up. No injury report? We'll keep you updated on that. I heard he got beat up a little bit in that game, but that's okay because this is who he is. He's going to tease you. Um, yeah, I'll say this to you. Watching DeAndre Swift cut and move around in traffic is a complete upgrade from Miles Sanders. Now, I don't know what his durability is going to be, but I'll tell you something. Him in open space will be a problem for DBs. Okay? He's going to be a problem for defensive backs in space. Dude, let me tell you something, man. You get 16 games out of him, I think this guy could be exactly what the Eagles are looking for. And to me, would it be an upgrade to Miles Sanders? Is this an upgrade to Miles Sanders, 800 yards rushing, and four or 500 yards receiving. Yes, because I think that's what they want that offense to look like. I'm, I watched him make some cuts. You haven't had a running back in the two years I've been covering the Eagles with that kind of elusiveness. He doesn't run to contact. He's an evader, and that's a good thing. Keeping him upright. And by the way, I would make this point to you guys. I might not play him anymore during the exhibition season without the ones in there. I don't give a shit about playing him against Cleveland this weekend. 
get him in those controlled scrimmages. I don't need to see DeAndre Swift banged up uh, going into the season because if that guy can play the way I think he's going to be able to fit into the offense, he's going to be an added weapon, which is going to enhance the ability for other teams to have to cover another guy. Yeah, put put Gainwell, RB1, he ain't better than him. That ain't happening. Swift is a ball player. Okay? Swift is a ball player, man. Those cuts he was making in traffic like that, man, he's a good-looking he's a good-looking talent. He's a good-looking talent. Brown had nine solo tackles, going to be a fine safety. I'll get to him in a second. Nicobe Dean in street clothes. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to sit here and make excuses up like the Philadelphia media is making excuses up for this guy not being in a game where he needs reps. That guy needs reps. Okay? He needs reps. He's in street clothes. He had 34 snaps. He's not practicing game speed, and he's not practicing continuity, and he's not practicing communications. I haven't even talked to you if you can play yet. I think you've got a problem at the mic. I think you have a problem. You can't save this guy. This guy needs some reps. Okay? He needs game reps. Sitting around in helmets and shorts going through a 28-minute practice is not going to help. My opinion there is no chance on hell Nicobe Dean is the answer at middle linebacker for you. I hope I'm wrong. Tone says the nice thing about Swiss 20-yard run was he showed that nimble ability to cut and dodge contact, something that Sanders can't do. Then immediately lowered that shoulder and welcomed the contact. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a good-looking back. He's kind of built in the same kind of style as Christian McCaffrey. Okay. He's kind of built like that with, with that kind of style with McCaffrey. You, you, you've got to just preserve the guy. Okay? you got to preserve him. John says, not worried, but I want to see why the Eagles are so confident. John, how about this, John? I agree with you. See what John just said? He's not worried about Dean, but I want to see why the Eagles are so confident. Okay. Hey, John. We're in agreement, just different language. Yep. Me too. I want to see what you got. Me too, John. I think, that, hey, John, I think you're fair. I, I think that's fair. The Eagles are very confident. Right there, John, that's a perfect take on the Kobe Dean. Not worried, but I want to see why the Eagles are so confident. Perfectly said, John. Perfectly said. Okay? They're so they're so confident. I want to know why you're confident. Eagle fan, right? Let's hey, let's come to the middle and go. John's got to take on Dean. Okay. I'm confident, but I want to see why you're confident. Great take. Way to start Monday off. Sean Bradley, lost for the year. Special teams guy. 
depth at the position, again, something you don't want to have happen in an exhibition game. You're losing depth on your team. This is depth. I'm not saying he's a frontline starter. I'm not saying he's going to get reps playing linebacker. However, he's, he's a guy that creates the depth for you on your team. And Atone says he's in a contract year. That's always terrible for the player, great for the organization. Okay? It's great for the Eagles because he'll negotiate off that. You know what? I'll tell you this. The kid Morrow wasn't horrible. Okay? He wasn't horrible. The Morrow kid wasn't horrible. Showed some that he could keep the plays from going to his outside shoulder, was good in pursuit. He wasn't horrible. And this goes back to what Tone was saying about, um, hey, maybe if he's playing with better people in front of him, um, maybe you're going to see a better Nicholas Morrow. He, he wasn't awful, okay? Pursuit angles were good. Set the edge pretty well. Drop back in some coverage. He's not horrible. Now, I'm just watching the way he moves out there. You know, game planning and shit like that. Nobody's game planning anything right here. But he's not horrible. Um, my takeaway also was this. I was very impressed with the communications of the young and inexperienced secondary players on how they were talking back and forth. Did you see them moving their heads, talking back and forth? It looked to me like there were more communication going on in that one game, in the Ravens game, than there was in the entire Super Bowl. I I saw more guys communicating in that Ravens game on Saturday than I did the entire four quarters of Super Bowl play. They were talking to one another. They were helping each other. They were making some plays. Um, there was energy. There's no question about it. As a group, let me let me talk about them first as a, as a group. Then I'll get to Ricks and Brown. They were communicating. Everybody was on the same page. They were they were well coached. You could see they were they were talking. And by the way, I think that's an innate talent that guys have that they can sit and talk to one another in game and play. It was good, man. It was good. It was better than I thought. It was better than I thought. They were communicating back and forth. And again, not a ton of game playing out there. And it's not so important who the quarterback was on the other side. It's more watching what you're doing and how you're moving and how you're talking and how you're communicating, how you're running the plays, how you're keeping pursuit angles, all of that looked pretty good. Tanner McKee is the second quarterback on the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, nice start. For a guy that can't jump over a ruler, um, finding a player like that in later rounds, what was he, a seventh rounder? Holy cow. If he can play and you found a seventh round guy like a Brock Purdy and this guy can be your backup, and you found a guy who can play in this league in the seventh round at that position, holy shit, man, is that underdrafting. 
I mean, under like if he continues his progress and how he continues to go along here and he continues to get better, he could turn himself into a third round pick. Okay. 188th overall Stanford product. Sixth round draft choice. Funny, almost right around Brady's pick. He's a pretty good looking player. Moved his head around, slid in the pocket. I, I, I threw the ball down the field vertically. I mean, not not horrible. Not horrible. 6'6", 230, built like Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, he's kind of built like Big Ben. He looks like Big Ben back there moving around. Not quite as athletic as Big Ben, but he, he moves around like Big Ben back there a bit. So I was kind of impressed with him. I, I, I came away going, um, yeah, I, I, I like him. He's decent. With an opportunity to get better and make the team. And now with that new rule that you have where you can keep three guys, he can make a ball club. He's good. He's a good player. Marcus Mariota, um, he's just all over the place. Um, there was no, there was no fluid movement. He was chaotic. Um, he went to his number one go-to, which is if he's not reading the play, he's going to take off running. He's going to get killed out there because he's just running around like he's playing schoolyard football. But it's been pretty standard in his career like that. He goes to his go-to when he can't find a wideout and he takes off. And he's just, I don't know. I mean, and I like the kid. I just don't think he's good enough to play a quarterback position in the NFL. He's not good enough to be the backup in case of an emergency for the Eagles. He's just not good enough. My opinion, Ian Book looks better than Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota has a name. That's it. Ian Book looks better. I mean, just the way Book handles himself in the pocket, he's got courage in the pocket. Now, when we talk about McKee, we're talking about if things go sideways and the Eagles need a game or two. Okay? I just... Yeah, P. Toilet goes, Book is horrible. Mariota's worse. Mariota's worse. He's terrible. Not a good look. Okay? Not a good look. For the backup offensive line, they were okay. I mean, they were spotty. Um, They were okay. They weren't exceptional. Um, they were okay. They they showed some versatility going up and down the line of scrimmage. wasn't wasn't spectacular, to say the least. And th- you're not as deep as you were a year ago. You're you're just not, from what I can see, by the talent you have. But again, Stoutman will look at all the mistakes that were made in that game. They gave up some inside pass rush moves. There was a couple outside shoulder moves too that they ended up giving some pressure up too. So they'll they'll fix that. Maybe some of it had to do with splits. The splits seemed awful wide, and they started lining up in wide threes, and they were they were jetting off the three. So to me, 
I thought the old line again, the backups in the old line, you're just doesn't seem, we'll see against Cleveland. You just don't seem to be as deep as you were a year ago, but okay. I, I, Again, you know, you guys are making it sound like I think Ian Book is a great player. He's better than Mariota. Mariota sucks. I'm not telling you that Ian Book is my, is my, would be on my team as my three. It's who you have. It's who you have. If you thought Marcus Mariota looked good for who he is and the job they're asking him to do and the money they're paying him, you're completely high. And with the financial commitment that you don't have in book, it's worth having book on the team. You guys never get that. That money's a part of this. You can't pay $5 million to a third team quarterback. You can't spend that kind of money on a third team guy who's your emergency guy when the backup is on a six round deal as a rookie. That's wasted money. Okay? You're wasting cash. Book is better financially for you. Okay? Always put money into the evaluation. Um, Jordan Davis is not a pass rusher. And I'm convinced he'll never be. He's not an every-down defensive lineman. He is a nose guard. If it's third and long, he will not be on the field. The 13th pick is the first and second down player as of today. As of today, Jordan Davis will never be a decent pass rusher until he shows otherwise. He wasn't at Georgia. He wasn't in his rookie year. And you could see he's not really with a lot of moves. I don't give a shit how athletic he is. My opinion, Milton Williams will probably have more production this year than him when it comes to tackles and sacks and tackles for losses and hits on the quarterback. He's never been a pass rusher in his entire career. He's never been. I don't know why Eagle fans all of a sudden think he's going to turn himself in. He's not a three-down lineman. He cannot pass rush. Okay? He can't. He, I don't, I don't, hey, you know what he did? He got into better shape. This is still about ability. Okay, so Danko's, he wasn't there to get sacks. So you think the 13th pick in the draft is a first and second down guy and you're going to take your first rounder off the field and put Milton Williams in a four-man line. Overdrafted tremendously. Okay. And for the record, you did draft him to be a three technique. You know why they're winding, lining him up out wide? They're trying to give him one on one to see if he can pass rush one on one. He can't. He had nine sacks in 43 games at Georgia. Nine. Nine sacks in 43 games. He wasn't a pass rusher then. He's not a pass rusher now. He'll never be. All of a sudden, you guys just are hoping for it when he's never been in six years a pass rusher. Show me when. When has he ever been a pass rusher? 
How many hits on a quarterback did he have last year? None? When has that guy ever been a pass rusher? Now, if you're telling me, Sills, he's going to be the one technique and the zero technique. Okay. And for the record, I made it very clear to you what I said. Should have been taken in the 20s. Down round 23, he's a good ball player. He's just not a first and second down guy. And he'll never be. Davis is not soft. He just doesn't have the skill set to be a three-down defensive tackle. He just doesn't. He is not, he, he is not a three-down guy. When you watch Jalen Carter play, and then you watch Jordan Davis play, it's night and day. You see the skill set on Jalen Carter. You don't see the same skill set on Jordan Davis. You you just don't. So he's never going to be that. Can he stop the run? We'll find out, Jeff. He 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 was he showed flashes of it last year. We're going to find that out because teams are going to threaten that. Like Jordan Davis Going into his second year, I was hoping that he'd be better than Fletcher Cox. Not a chance. 34-year-old guy still better than him. The rotation defensive tackle will be Jordan Davis if he can hold off Milton Williams. Okay? You can't teach athletic and size, but you can teach techniques. Well, Jeremiah... When are those technique trainings ever going to pay off? He's never been a pass rusher. He's never been a pass rusher. Ability has to also be part of this. He's never been a pass rusher. Okay? When I see Jordan Davis lining up in third and long, and I'm an offensive lineman, that's that's a series off for me. Because he, you know what he does? He doesn't run the points. He doesn't pick a point on the shoulder. He runs right into him. See, you have to understand something about blocking when you're a guard. Let me ask you this. Who wins this? If Jordan Davis, think about this, Tone, on being a blocker in offense, if Jordan Davis runs an offensive guard over, and that guy, he's laying on top of him, and the quarterback gets the ball off, who won that play? Jordan Davis or the guard? The guard. Just because you run me over, did you get to the quarterback? No, I did my job. Your job is to get to the quarterback. TFLs, hits on the guy. Running over guards, that's not going to get it done. That's, that, that's not going to get it done. An offensive guard can grab you, pull, it, pull him on you. He wins that play. Now, he'll get a minus because of technique. But at the end of the day, it's all about not getting your quarterback hit. You get an F. Someone, someone up here just said, take, take up space. You were 16th rushing against in run defense last year, which is not great. Wolfrick had 16 career sacks. Davis can be like him. Sure. And see, I made that comparison on Twitter, and everyone goes, well, Vince Wolferk, he's got three Super Bowl rings. That's a disgrace to Vince. 
Vince was not a third down D tackle too. They took him off the field. Vince didn't play in third and long. They went, they went to, they went to a four-man pass rush. And he was taken off the field the majority of the time. That's right. 16 sacks in 13 years. That's right. But Vince is going to get some conversation for the Hall of Fame for what he did. By being a part of run defense. Now, we're going to find out whether or not Jordan Davis can stop the run like Vince. Vince was a fire hydrant. And he was tremendous against the run. One of the things that when he was up there with New England, he was a staple in that run defense. Okay? 16 sacks, 13 years, not bad. Well, let's see where Vince, let's let's see where Jordan Davis is, if he even plays that long. I watched the entire Eagle game twice, Barb. Um, let's move off of Jordan Davis for now. Sidney Brown. Boy, he, you know, I told you this on draft day. Man, the kid reminds me of Bob Sanders. He runs around out there, man. You're going to see some plays this year where he's going to put himself out of position. But if he starts to control himself and keep himself inside a structure, um, Rodney Harrison, that's a little strong. Cam Chancellor, that's a little strong. This kid can play. This kid Brown can play. You got to get him on the field. Like, I'm not going to start him, but you know what I'm going to do with Brown? He's going to get some playing time. I'm putting him out there. I want to see this kid, because I think this kid can make an impact play for you. And I see why you fall in love with him. Watch the way he runs around. Watch the way he runs to the ball. He runs through hits, not two hits. This is one thing I always tell my daughter when you're getting ready to hit somebody. Don't ever run to the hit. Run through the hit. And there's guys that are great hitters. See, the difference between being a Earl Thomas, I like that. Um, you see, there's a when you like when you watch Brian Dawkins play, he runs through dudes. Or say a model or Ed Reed. Those guys ran through, not two. You see a lot of guys run two. Like Deion Sanders ran two tackles, not through tackles. And Sidney Brown runs through. And I see why you fall in love with him when you put his tape on and you watch him. A couple false steps out there, but that's to be expected. He was amped up, excited, had a lot of energy. I want to get him on the field, man. Okay. I, I, I want to get him on the field. I, I, he's, he's a ball player. He can, he, can, he can play, man. Finding spots for him in moments like, like you know what I would do with him? If you're going to bring a blitz package, he's a guy I might fire off the perimeter. And let's see what they could do by picking him up because I think he'd run a running back over. And you let him come home a couple times. You have like like watch this. You have him rush behind Reddick, and you fire Reddick to the inside and him to the outside, 
and you put some nickel packages out there and have him rush the passer, I'll tell you something, man. That's going to be a nightmare for somebody, especially if you're going against a seven-step drop quarterback and that guy can't get out of danger and you got those two dudes running around and as long as you can set the edge on the other side with Josh Sweat, you might have some pretty good things going on with this kid. I want to figure out how to use Sidney Brown. He's a good-looking football player. I'll tell you what, of all the guys I've seen besides Carter, Carter just looks explosive. This kid Brown looks like he can play, man. He, he like My takeaway him coming out of that Ravens game, very high on him. Very high on him. He's a hitter. He's a guy... He's the guy you see on draft day why you're like, why did he go in the later rounds and not go in the first round? Because personally to me, when you watch him play and you watch him run around out there, he looks like he was underdrafted too. He does. He's a good-looking football player. I mean, I want to find a spot for him this coming season, and I'd love to find a spot for him in that New England game. Now, Now, again, that doesn't mean starting spot. Okay, I'll tell you this, man. Somebody else who impressed me, this kid Eli Ricks. One more time here, too. I'll say this one more time. Your depth didn't, the way the guys moved around, you could see the coaching. See Eli Ricks, kid. Let me see a couple more games. Let me see him. Let me see a couple more, okay? Let me see him in game situation a little bit more. There could be something there, okay? Got to remember that. Let's see some continuity. Let's see some consistency before we start waving superstar flags at people here, okay? Let's, let's kid, Rick's pick six, all of that. Great. You, do, you, can, do you guys know what Eli Ricks did? He put himself on the radar. Do you understand that? And very limited opportunity in controlled scrimmages and with those two-minute practices they have. Eli Ricks now has done this. Let's watch this kid. Let's see what we got here. He's put himself on the radar. So that's a good thing. When you put yourself on the radar like that. So good. Good for him. Good for him. Nolan Smith. Um... He's a project. Didn't look like he really knew where he was out there at times. Um, looked a little lost. Um, I think he played with too much excitement. He wanted to do so well. You can see that he, he just, it was a little chaotic for him. Okay. Needs to, needs to slow down a little bit. Just slow down. It's Okay. I'm not holding that against him. Okay? Slow down. This is what I would watch. If I'm in the if I'm watching film with Nolan Smith, after we have our position meeting, I'm gonna talk to him and go, slow down. Relax. Relax a little more. You were running around with your head chopped off out there. Okay? He looked like again, he wants to make a play so bad. You see that. But here's the thing that most coaches, and this is what kills me about certain coaches, they try coaching that shit out of you. I don't want to coach his aggressiveness out of him. I want to contain it. You just tell him, slow down a bit. 
It'll come to you. Promise you. It'll come to you. His energy level was off the charts, and he was everywhere. Bad steps, bad reads, bad fits, um, got turned around a few times. And all of that is expected. So you just tell the kid, easy, we're going to get home. We're going to get there. Okay? I'm not down on him. He's got a lot of athletic ability, and they got to figure it out. But he's first got to stop with being, well, he's a rookie. Okay? So he just needs to cool. Okay? Just, Just chill. Let's see how he does against Cleveland. I'll tell you something else against Cleveland. I feel you on that, Sills. I'd rather have a guy I need to pull off the edge than have to push him to the edge. Absolutely. If I was Nolan Smith, I would watch Miles Garrett this week when we have our controlled scrimmages, and then I would watch him in a game, and I would watch Redick and him. You can't have any better examples of what the Eagles want you to look like. They want you to look like Reddick and, and Miles Garrett. That's what they want you uh, to do is, do, is do that. Okay? So to me, that is exactly what I'm looking for. Look at Philly D goes, dude spends his entire day trolling. Hey, man, this ain't about whether or not I like Nicobe Dean. Like Nicobe Dean? That has nothing to do with the other 52 guys in the locker room. If that kid can't play, next guy up. This ain't about liking people here. That's the problem many of you fans have. You think this is about liking somebody. This is about getting the best defensive football players on a field to go kick someone's ass, not sitting around kissing or sucking someone's ass. This is about playing, playing together. Trolling, the reason trolling, he's always hurt. That's not trolling. That's fact. Let's go play some ball, kid. You can't practice for three days and miss seven. Okay? Philly. (laughs) Philly go, hey, Sills. Easy, kid. (laughs) Okay, hey. (laughs) Um, maybe it's me that needs to take uh, Prozac. Sorry about that, Philly. <laughs> that made my day. Philly, you made my day, man. You made my day, Philly. You made my day. Okay? <laughs> hey, Maniac. Maybe maybe you're right about me, Maniac. <laughs> hey, Philly. Okay, you're right. You're right, Philly. I owe you a beer at Hooters. Okay, I owe you a beer at Hooters. I, I, oh, hey, hey, I owe you a beer, Philly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, let me do this one here. <laughs> Philly's like, what is this maniac doing? What is this guy's problem? Uh, hey, hey, Philly, if I put down all the things that are wrong with me, man, we'd be here for seven hours. <laughs> Take some Oxy Howie. That's a good one, Greg. You guys are all good, man. Thank you so much. Hey, one more time on DeAndre Swift. Um, Boy, let me say this, man. 
boy, I don't know. Could Detroit? Could Detroit be wrong on two guys they send to Philly? Darius Slay and then Swift. Can they be wrong here too? Whew. Man, the way he ran, the way he cut, the way he evaded tackles, he's a good football player. He's a good football player, man. And you gave up, what was it, a fourth rounder for him? Shit. You got something here, man. Get him healthy. Get him. I don't want to see that guy for the rest of the season. Or or preseason, excuse me. He's good. He's good. He he could be an upgrade to Miles Sanders. He really has a shot. I didn't know, man, if it was going to translate over like that. But when you watch him in space and the way he runs and all that, man. He's really good. That kid can play. He, he's so much, he's so more patient than Sanders. Sanders runs the tackle. He runs the contact. You know, he sees a guy, he runs right. Man, this guy Swift, man, is shifty. And get this. So you put him out there with Jalen Hurts, DeAndre Swift, Goddard, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. I don't, I don't, I don't know a defense in the NFL, maybe the Niners. And I don't think their corners are all that hot in San Francisco. And by the way, San Francisco better get their heads out of their asses because that was embarrassing. I'm going to get to the NFL here in a minute. That was embarrassing. Um, he can play Swift. Swift can play. The running back room. Outside of him, not really impressed. There's really not a lot there. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and then I'm going to put a bow tie on it. I think the Philadelphia Eagles need to sign Matt Ariza. Your punting game, I mean, you don't have one. Why don't you go sign a guy who could kick you out of trouble anytime you get into a problem? Can you imagine if you had a weapon like Matt Ariza on your team too? What's the holdup here? What is the holdup? The guys that the Eagles have are not good enough. They are not good enough. They're not good enough to kick you out of a problem. Can you, hey, can you imagine this Eagle team having a guy like Reggie Roby or Ray Guy on it? Say you guys have a three and out. and, And by the way, think of this. Say there's a three and out in that New England game. And your punter shanks one like he always does. And he gives the ball to the Patriots on the 50. This kid, Ariza, kicks you a 65-yard punt, puts the 18 back on the 20, and helps your defense out in field position. How are you not signing that? How about this? How are you not even looking at that? Bringing him in for a workout. Okay? Cost you nothing, too. Hey, here's the hidden gem to this. This guy just wants to get on the field. You could pay this guy peanuts. Look, if you'll put Deshaun Watson on the field in this league, you could put him on the field in this league. Okay? Go get that guy. He's been cleared by the league. He's been cleared by lawyers. 
He's been cleared by prosecutors. He's been cleared by everybody. He was falsely accused. There's no issue here. And he could help the Eagle offense. Shit, man. I've been saying this since March. Go get him. Get this. You could sign that guy right now. And he would be an instant impact to your football team. What up, maniac? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, birds have shitty punters, man. Boy, I'd hate to have... Dude, your special teams is not the best unit in the league, and your punter's not near one of the top guys. Your place kicker is the only thing that keeps that unit together. Okay? Dank goes like this. Being accused of gang rape is horrible. No shit. Especially when you're innocent. Damn right, man. That's horrible. That's Josh Sills. Being accused of rape? Someone trying to ruin your life? I mean, do you ever really get rid of that stigma and that scarlet letter that people put on you, especially people in our media? I don't know if you ever get rid of that, even if you're innocent. Being innocent today doesn't matter. It's not important. Okay? It's not important if you're right or wrong. It's how it's portrayed in the public and what the narrative is and what narrative it is to use. Do you know if the Eagles signed Matt Arizza what it would be? Well, they drafted a guy who was involved in a murder case and reckless driving. They got a guy who was just accused of rape. Now they're going to go sign another guy who was accused of rape? Think of you. Hey, look, if you're Bob Lang and you're Howie, and you're Jeffrey Laurie. What, you don't think those conversations go on like that? How do you think people look at us? And I always tell you this. One of the reasons that Urban Meyer always got away with it in Florida was because he had Tebow. I think the Eagles could get away with that kind of stuff because they have Hurts. Okay? All right? Okay? What murder case? What facts on a murder case? What murder case are you talking about? Josh Sills was accused of murder? Rizzo was accused of murder? Watson was? I missed it. I'm, I was talking about those three men. Anyway, um, go get him. Okay. So here, here's my takeaway from the first week. Um, the backups were, were okay. The DBs were, were shockingly really good. Swift stood out. Here, here, if I'm going to give game balls today, if I were to give a game ball, and again, you notice this, I don't bring up stats or yards per carry or any of that other shit. I talk about effort, what you did out there, how you moved. If I was going to give game balls to players, um, Swift, Ricks, Brown, Tanner McKee, 
I was okay with Morrow. Okay? Carter didn't play that much. Okay? By the way, they need they need to do some work. They need to do some work, in my opinion, um, with the backup wideouts. I don't know if that group is good enough. Because if you have an in here, from what I my takeaway, here, here's where you're where you're thin. Here again, your secondary going into the Cleveland game on Thursday. Is it Thursday? Um, I feel better about. I feel better. Your running back position, I don't. Except for Swift. Your backup quarterback, quarterback Tanner McKee, I want to see him. If I were the Eagles, I would start him. Against the Browns, I would start him. Let me see a little more with him. Okay? Let me, let me, let me see, start him Thursday. Okay. I was shocked as hell. We're going to go over the NFL at the top of the hour. I was shocked as hell to see Patrick Mahomes out there against the Saints. I was stunned. I think he played like 12 plays. I was stunned to see him out there playing. Um, I don't want to see Swift anymore unless they're in organized team activities and organized practices. Like, I guess they got to practice today at 5 o'clock Eastern with the Browns, put him in that situation, but I don't need him banged up or nicked up. Um, put the rest of them guys out there. Those other guys are okay. You can they can handle the they can handle the load. I don't want Swift hurt at all because he's he he potentially could change the look of that offense. Um I need to see I I, I need to I need to see Jalen Carter play more, and I need to see Jordan Davis play more, especially Davis. Davis has got to work on his pass rushing. He's got to work on his pass rush. He has no pass rush. I mean, he's not a very good pass rusher, which is disappointing. He's a limited ball player. Like, he's not a three-down guy. He's not a three-down guy now. As of today, he's just not a three-down defensive lineman. Okay? I mean, like, how about this? You're going to take a first-round draft choice off the field on third and long. And it's him because he's not good enough. Okay. Uh, Philly, I'm going to get to those other games at the top of the hour here. Okay. Okay. Um, we're we're going to get to those games at the top of the hour here. Um, I think he's scared from his head injury last year. They can get away with it because of the character they have in the O-line. Yeah, and and with the quarterback, they signed Matt Ariza and, and stuff like that. Um, Joseph, I just was saying, I like Tanner McKee. I thought he you, – you, you know what the impressive thing was? You know, a lot of people liked him at Stanford. But when he got – see, when he got to the combines, horrible 40, couldn't move around in drills, but had a really good arm. There was another kid, too, from Nevada. And him and the kid from Nevada couldn't jump over a yardstick. Okay? I can't – Carson was his name or something like that? 
I can't remember, but there was a kid from Nevada that was a quarterback also. They, they were kind of built the same way. I think McKee went on a mission too. It's why he's 23. So he's more mature. Carson Strong, I think. Yeah, that's it. And Carson Strong doesn't have the arm, nor does he have the ability. I'll tell you something that you watch with Tanner McKee, too. You know what you watched with him? I think the Eagles drafted him last year. Is that right? Um, he processes that information pretty quick. He, he processes uh, that information. 2023 pick, okay. Yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, he he. I want to start him against the Browns. Let's start him. Let's start him against the Browns. Hey, by the way, like I said, at the top of the hour, we're going to go around the NFL and some of the things that I saw with the league. So again, wrapping up game one. Um, it's not important. I don't, you know, the wins and the numbers. Um, not playing Jalen was a smart thing. Not playing the frontline stars was another thing. You know, you don't get too sideways, but you know, the guys that need reps, you know, the guys that need reps got some reps. Okay. Yeah, I wanna I want I wanna see McKee start. Start him against Cleveland. I wouldn't mind starting him against uh the the remaining teams. Maybe get Jalen some playing time in game three of the exhibition season. Um I, maybe maybe something like that. You get him a series. Hey, cue ball. I saw that with Mozzie Smith. He had here's the thing with Mozzie Smith. Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle with the uh, Cowboys. So he had one flash play and the rest of them, he was out of gas. And he was gassed. And he wasn't moving his feet. People think that guy's good. I think he's strong. I think he could play around 10 plays a game. 10, 15, 20 plays a game. Tops right now. He's overweight. He's overweight. Watch him play. You'll see him pick a guy up and throw him on his head, which is good. But then you'll turn around and watch him take six plays off because he's gassed. He's not ready to come to camp. He wasn't ready and he wasn't in shape. And it's on display. And what happens when you're not in shape? When you're not in shape, you forget your plays, you forget your alignment, and you get blocked. See, in that league, you can't, you have to be in condition mentally and physically. Because what happens is you get so tired, you start to forget technique, especially if you haven't done it. This is why I'm really down on the Kobe. Someone go, you, you, you know, you know and, and, and Tone, no disrespect to anybody. Honestly, no disrespect. If I hear that Nicobe Dean is an electrical engineer or some sort of engineer again, I'm going to shit on them. I don't care what he is and how smart he is. If you're not out there playing and getting game reps, just because you know what to do doesn't mean you'll do it when it counts the most. I don't care. I, I, hey, I passed the bar. Have you ever tried a case? No. Well, what kind of lawyer are you? Well, I passed the bar. That doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut it. Game reps, my friends, that's what cuts it. Pick and go, Smith would be better next year. Maybe. 
He's going to get blown up this year, though. And and Jerry Jones was comparing him to Reggie White. I'm like, meh. <laughs> I don't ever remember Reggie being gassed. I don't ever remember Reggie getting beat. I don't ever remember Reggie White getting beat on a play. I mean, th- that guy was a freak show. Didn't work like that, my friends, when it came to that guy. Did not. That guy is the greatest Philadelphia Eagle that has ever played. 92, there'll never be another one of them like him. There'll never be another 92. Okay? Just like there'll never be a number 56 again. There could be another number 12 from New England. There will never be a 56 or 92 ever in the NFL like those two guys. Okay? Ever. All right. Guys, we are so excited to be telling you about our great relationship with our friends at Hooters. This bad puppy has gone on for years. And this year, Hooters is celebrating their 40th anniversary. And we're going to be doing so many great promotions at the King of Prussia Hooters. And we look forward to having you out there. I put it on my Twitter page already. All the events and all the things that we're going to be doing at the King of Prussia Hooters. Don't forget, though, northeasthooters.com, all seven locations. There's a location nearest you so you can go enjoy some of the great specials. 40 years this bad puppy's been going on. And we have been so proud to be part of it. Now, look, if you're doing draft parties, do me a favor. Call them now. Get Reserve your seat because exhibition football, draft parties, this is the place that you want to have. The iconic Hooter girls are going to be there to serve you Tuesdays. You buy 10 wings, you get 10 boneless wings free. Just like that. Kids eat free on Saturdays. How about the happy hours? Weekday specials. Six items, six bucks. Try the fried pickles. You're absolutely going to love them. Make sure you check out, again, all the great Hooters in the Northeast. Go to northeasthooters.com for all the seven locations. And the ones nearest you, don't forget, we're going to be doing so much with people at the King of Prussia Hooters. And do me a favor. When you go to Hooters, you make sure you tell them Big Sills sent you. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. 
So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Pretty embarrassing if you are a Raider fan to see all those 49er fans in Las Vegas supporting their team. I mean, it had to be 75, 76% 49er fans there. I mean, Raider fan base, again, I, 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 it's one of the better brands, and I know maybe one of the more underrated brands, but Jesus criminy, man. They, 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 they packed the place. Also, I'm going to get into the NFL guys here in a second on what we saw here. I'm going to talk a little more about the Eagles here in a second. I want to say this to you. Just shows you when you have really good talent around you that maybe it does rub off. I think since the addition of Aaron Rodgers in New York, I think Zach Wilson looks better. That kid looks completely different than he did last year. Even, even when they were playing against the Eagles last year in the exhibition game, I was like this. This kid, this kid does not look like a pro. The two games I've seen him play, it is unbelievable the advancement and how much better he looks. I mean, he looks better. I watch him throw the ball down the field. I watch him go to progressions. Again, then, then you watch some of the other young quarterbacks, and you're like, those guys are still lost. He's kind of coming out of the forest a little bit. And if you're the Jets, it's not quite the lost hope you thought maybe. Maybe he is the heir apparent down the line. Maybe what he had to do was watch and see how the game was played in front of him with people that are a little bit better than him. I don't know, man. I think Aaron Rodgers has actually rubbed off in a good way. Whereas, you remember the relationship between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers? That was a contentious one, to say the least. This looks like a little different here. He, he, he's, he looks better. Okay? He does. He looks a little bit better. I mean, ah. You get a chance to watch how the position's played. So, Jets look good, man. One more thing about the Eagles and the Ravens as they prepare for the Browns on Thursday. Um, it's always hard to come away with an evaluation, an exhibition ball, because you don't want to tip your hand too much when it comes to showing 
New England. See, the whole thing right here now is making sure you don't show New England anything. Don't show New England anything. I, that's why I'd say get Swift out of there. Don't keep putting him in game situations because they'll start game planning that. Okay? Put him in those controlled environments. You get to control it a little more. You get to keep the injury. You get to keep an eye on it. You don't want to tip your hand against New England with things you're trying to do now. Okay? Everyone knows they're going to try to get Swift involved in the offense. Do it behind closed doors. You don't have to tip your hand. You don't have to show New England. They'll take complete advantage of that. Remember, their defense is a top 10 defense. I know some of you think that football team sucks, but it isn't. Here, if New England played in the NFC, they'd win 12 games. They'd win 12 games. Yeah. They're better than the Giants. They're better than Washington. They're better than those teams. Okay? They're better than them. So, I mean, don't tip your hand. And putting Swift, I, I, I've i seen enough of Swift. I, I Dude, that guy, I want to get him week one again. If he blows his knee out, I want him blowing it out against New England, not Cleveland. Okay? Not, not, not. Um, you know, I didn't say anything about the coaching. Um, they did a nice job, especially with that secondary group. And is that Matt Patricia back there with an influence? That's Patricia's specialties, the secondary. Matt Patricia's influence, you see it. You saw the communicating, you saw the talking, you saw the moving of the heads, sliding the technique, sliding the strength, going to the hash. They played the left hash exceptionally well. They did a lot of good things, man, communications-wise. And I'm going to assume that that's going to translate into the frontline guys as well. Okay? So I thought they did a nice job going and preparing that secondary. I thought they prepared the backup guys as good as you can. You're going to get a lot of inconsistency because a lot of those guys aren't going to be on the ball team, obviously. You don't keep 90 guys. And I really thought, without a doubt, I don't know if you guys did. Did you guys see Matt Patricia's influence in the secondary? I think so. That's the first thing I said to my wife when I'm watching the game. And then I went back and watched the game again. I'm like, boy, I mean, they're moving really well back there. There's some good coaching going on back there. And to me, I think that's got a lot to do with uh, with Patricia. Patricia handled the secondary a lot. For a lot of those 17, 18 years he was up in New England, he handled that part of the defense. Okay? Richard goes, I missed the first hour of the show, Sills. Um, I think Jalen Carter's got a chance to be exceptionally explosive. And by the end of the year um, – I think he could be better than that kid in New York. Yeah. He'll, he, I think he could be better than that kid in New York. Dexter Lawrence? Uh, he, 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 different techniques, nose guard, three technique, I know, but we're talking dominance. Um, could he be a Jonathan Allen? I think he could be better than Jonathan Allen. But I don't want to put too much on him there. 
okay? Oh, Barb, my wife, my wife was my producer. Hey, Barb, you'll love this. My wife was my producer to my show, my radio show for 20 years. And then she got a she got a bigger job that was raising my kid. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, she 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 had to leave to go to a bigger job and raise my kid. All right, let's let's take a look around. Gary Cobb's going to join us. We'll get his takeaways. That'll be at the bottom of the hour, okay? Um, here's week one. A lot of football. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I pretty much went from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Green Bay, Cincinnati. I'll tell you something about the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to have some issues in that secondary, especially at the safety position. Um, you watch how they were moving compared to what the Eagle guys were doing. I don't know, man. Looked a little bit kind of chaotic back there a bit. Jordan Love, is it going to be checked down Charlie the whole year? Probably. They got some good components. They got a good running game. Bakhtiari's back. He's going to be in that offensive line. They got a lot of high-end first-rounders on that defensive side of the ball. Could they surprise? Maybe. Lions and Giants, I'll tell you something. I love that. Lions roster. I don't like the Giants roster. I just don't. I see too many holes on the Giants. There's too many holes on the Giants. Wide receiver, center, um, safety, your corners. There just seems to be too many holes. And the Lions, they look good, man. They got a lot of talent up there. Um, I I think the Giants are going to make some steps back. Because here, I think everybody kind of catches up with you. They know once they know who you are, they know how to coordinate against you. I, I, I don't think the Giants are special, man. They're just not a special roster. I don't see it. Man, this Lions football team, I think they just need experience. They're a good-looking group. They're well-coached. I'll tell you the two biggest shockers that coach have to be Sirianni and Dan Campbell for those initial hires. Those guys are panning out to be good coaches. You know, I'll tell you what. How many people in here kept telling me, Sills, don't go to sleep on the, um, on the Falcons? I watched a little of that game. And they look good against Miami, especially defensively. They can move the ball. I don't think um, Bijan played. I think he's playing this week. But um, could they be a surprise in that shitty NFC South? They could be. There's some players there in Atlanta. Atlanta's rebounding. You know, they're they're not bad. Steelers, hey, I'm not high on Kenny Pickett, but he wasn't horrible. The The Bucs can't move the ball. They just can't move the ball, man. Um, Steelers, again, with another solid roster. They were good in the secondary, too. They, they, they have good linebacker play. Once again, man, and if T.J. Watt can be healthy, could the Steelers surprise some people? That's not a Super Bowl roster, but the Steelers are good. They're a good football team. Steelers are a good football team. Okay. 12-win team in the AFC? Uh, probably not. Are they going to be sniffing around a playoff spot? 
Probably. You know? Um, Washington and Cleveland. Could both these teams be 500? Cleveland... I think Cleveland's gonna. I think Cleveland's gonna surprise people. I think he's gonna. I think they're gonna surprise people. That's a really. You know what? Would we not agree? Would you guys? Would you guys agree with me on this? That Cleveland and the Lions are kind of in the same boat. A lot of roster. Um, some pretty good quarterbacks. They got a lot of talented players. They just got to go do it. They just they just have to go do it. They remind me of one another, Lions and Cleveland. I think Cleveland's got a good football team, good run game. Miles Garrett, their secondary is really good. Linebacker play is good. Old line is really good. Okay. I think they're a good football team. Colts and Buffalo. Buffalo really Buffalo looked at the preseason the same way the Eagles did. They played some guys. Anthony Richardson, um, he was okay. You know, made some mistakes, some bad reads, some overthrows. But, I mean, it kind of looked like Jalen Hurts a little. Like, you know, they're trying to teach him the Jalen Hurts way. RPO stuff, you know. What happens with the RPO stuff like that, if they don't allow him to take off running, I don't know if they allowed him to take off running. It becomes predictable. If you take the run out of the run RPO and you're not allowing him to take off down the field, you become you become one-dimensional and predictable. So um Justin Fields is he getting better? Justin Fields is he getting better? I guess. I guess. Okay. Still not really much in the deep passing game. And I'm just, you know, here, here, when I do this, I go, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So I don't know. I, 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 they need to, they need to continue to build around them. Let's see what this kid can do uh, this year. It's got to be a do or die year for the Bears. Bears got to make this thing happen. Um, the Jags versus the Cowboys. Doug doing a lot of stuff, playing a lot of players. Trevor Lawrence has got to be a little bit more consistent. Okay, you can't have two good plays, two bad plays, two good plays, two bad plays, two bad plays, two good plays. Has to be more consistent. It was kind of all over the joint. You know, one series, he looked really good. Next series, he looked bad. Two series, bad. Two series, good. It just was up and down. You keep, when you do that shit, you keep teams in games when you keep doing that. And so you kind of, you just keep doing that. You're going to keep a team in a game. You're going to end up losing a game because you kept them around. I'll say this to you. Rams have nothing. What week do the Eagles play the Rams? They have nothing. I mean, even even the guys that they tried to get some playing time for, the guys that they're going to have to rely on, if you watch them play, you were you came away from that game going, 
man, that's another sub 500 season. The Rams are not good. I mean, week five, that thing could be on a respirator by week four. Dude, Mm. if Matthew Stafford goes down, they got nothing. I mean, that Rams team, they push their chips in to win the Super Bowl. I, I get I get it. Um, but boy, I come away with this. That Rams organization for all the shit they did and all the shit they went through and all the draft choices that they gave up. Man, I don't know who's in a worse shape here. I was really shocked to see Patrick Mahomes get some playing time. But then again, Andy Reid is notorious for doing that. And I'll tell you this, New Orleans look good. New Orleans is going to win some ball games this year. I told you, man, they're going to win north of 12 games maybe. They're going to win that NFC South. They're going to, they're going to be able to overcome Kamara, and especially if they can land Kareem Hunt, and you then you get Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and Olavier, and you get that old line and that defense, they're good, man. They got a good-looking football team. They just need to go out there and win it. That dome was rocking. People enjoyed it. It looked like it was a lot of fun to be a Saints. They're good, man. Saints got some football players. And I saved this one for the last. I can't believe how the Raiders destroyed the 49ers. The 49ers were unprepared, unwilling to play, didn't want to play. The offensive line was atrocious. Every single thing about the preparation to go out there and at least put your name and your helmet on the line was a failure. Trey Lance is terrible. He has no value. You could not put him on the open market right now and trade him. He has limited value. And here's what you say about him. You would think with a guy in the system, as long as he's been in the system, you would have seen a guy, like I was just telling you, you know, I watched Zach Wilson play and I came away with Zach Wilson. I went like this. He got, he got better. He got better. I I watched Trey Lance. He got worse. Now, I'm going to throw something out here to you. Okay? I'm going to throw something out here to you about Kyle Shanahan and how he's handling Trey Lance. Do we all agree you could see Trey Lance can't play? He can't play. Okay? He can't play. Okay, right? What's in it for Kyle Shanahan to coach him now anymore? What's in it for him? Why would you waste your time? You got to prepare. You have to prepare for Brock Purdy and for Sam Darnold. You have to get those guys ready for the season. Why in the world? Ego? Get them fired. You lost three first-round picks. They Salvage? It's not time to salvage. That thing is past. Salvage? There's no salvaging three ones. There's no such thing as salvaging. This thing is the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. It's already hit the iceberg. He should be looking better. 
he's chaotic in the pocket. He can't read to save his life. In my opinion, they need to be doing more RPO with him. Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, I think he's quit coaching him. Why would he? Why would you waste your time on somebody you know can't win games for you? I'd rather put my energy towards Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold. Okay, I'd rather put my energy there. Hey, if I'm if I'm Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. Do I sign Carson Wentz? I need some experience at that backup spot. Is Sam Darnold the guy? He was okay. So maybe you get Wentz in there. He's ready to go. Trey Lance. Okay. Now the O-line didn't help him. We'll get the ball out quicker. Dude, how long are you going to hold the ball? When you know you're, if you know your old line can't stop anybody, why are you running seven steps? Do three steps, hitch passes, anything to screen passes, anything to get that ball out there and stop that pass rush. It's almost like when he gets into the game, they stop coaching and playing. The players in San Francisco don't want to block for him. Okay? Relative goes greatest quote of the day, Wentz. He's ready to go. Yeah, compared to what they have in San Francisco? You're damn right, relative. Wentz is a better quarterback than anything they got in San Francisco right now. And you're going to go, what about Brock Purdy? What about him? What, you've never seen flashes in the pan before? You have no idea if that guy's a frontline starter or not. And nor does Kyle Shanahan. He's bullshitting everyone like he has the whole offseason. I cannot believe that San Francisco has a roster like that and is going to go into another season not being prepared at the quarterback position. Kyle Shanahan is so full of shit and so full of himself. He believes that he is better than what he is. You're not that good in critical games, dude. You can't win a big game. You're the Jerry Jones of NFL coaches. Kyle Shanahan is the NFL version of Jerry Jones. Win big games in the regular season, no games when it counts. I think Brady's knocked the starch out of you, son. Had a 27-point lead in the Super Bowl, and you've never recovered from that. I mean, he's never recovered from that game. A game that they had that Super Bowl won. Okay? Had that Super Bowl won. Fourth quarter against the Chiefs. Laid another egg. I mean, honestly, when you look at Kyle Shanahan... 
That's what Jerry Jones looks like on the sideline. 12 regular season wins, postseason, almost there, trips up, because he doesn't do the one thing that counts the most, having the right CEO at the helm, at the helm of his team. I mean, and, and, and for the team not to be prepared. Hey, was it this? Was the team not prepared? Or was the team unwilling to block for Lance? It seemed like both. It just seemed like both. All right. Some takeaways. And... We we threw ours out there. We're gonna we're gonna bring in our friend Gary Cobb now from Fox Twenty Nine in Philadelphia. How you doing? And get hit and get his take on it. All right. Yeah, practice. Yeah, I'm here at practice. Uh, I just walked in here. You see, you see the field in back of me and everything. I don't see the guys. Uh, well, there are a few of them out there. They're over there in the distance. But uh, yeah, I just walked in here. They're, they're going to be battling with the Browns. You know, they they um. You know, it's, it's so different than it used to be because right now they look at these practices as if it's going to be the closest thing they're going to do. A lot of their starters, this is the closest they're going to come to playing a game. And they're going to have live plays out here, you know, with with the with the Browns. And so, so, Gary, are you a fan of these controlled practices? Like today, you're going to watch the Browns and the Eagles. Are you, are you a fan of these controlled practices? Well, you know, of course, I, I like the way it was before. But, you know, if they're winning, I, I can't argue with it. I mean, I mean, um, you know, I talked before about um, Mike Quick for years. You know, when I was here and playing with Mike Quick, every year Mike Quick would hold out. <laughs> you're going like, you're going to hold out, hold out every year. And the reason he'd hold out is he would be working out, having his legs and his body at its top shape. And he would be fresh. And he would come into camp the last week. And, you know, he start off the season with two 10-catch games, you know. So, really, when you think about it, hey, if that's what works, and, you know, he showed that if you are fresh, you're going to play your best football. So, I, I think they try to get that. They want these guys to be fresh for the games. And that means that uh, they don't really care so much about them mixing it up you know, during the uh, preseason, as long as they're fresh when the season gets here. And if that means more guys stay healthy and you win, I, I really can't argue against it. And, you know. Hey, hey Gary, is the Kobe Dean going to see some action in the practice today? Uh, yes, he is. He is. And he he's probably going to play some in the game, too, because, you know, he hasn't done anything. And um, as much as, you know, I want to see him succeed, you know, he hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't done anything on the NFL level. And I think, he, you know, he's aware of that. Uh, but the, the big thing he's got to do is, you know, he, he's got to be ready to go. I mean, this is not the easiest situation because people expect – they want this team to go back to the Super Bowl. That's what they're expecting. So, you know, that defense has got to play on an outstanding level, and that means he's got to step in and play like he's been there for five years, you know. And it's going to be a challenge for him. So he, he needs to get some plays. He needs to get plays uh, when they're out here uh, this afternoon, tomorrow, 
and in the game. You know, he, he needs to get some look. Gary, what was your takeaway from the Ravens game? Uh, well, uh, starting out with the offense, you know, I like some things. I like the fact that Mariota can run like Jalen Hurts can run. So you don't have to change the offense all the way. But he, he still needs to get more comfortable with the offense where he's he's really sitting there reading, you know, uh, first option, second option, third option. You know, maybe he doesn't get to the third. Maybe he takes off before the third. But you can't take off after the first read all the time, you know. That's really not NFL quarterbacking. You know, you, you got to sit in there, first read, second read. And, you know, you, you give guys a chance to help you, you know. But I do like the fact that he can run because, uh, you know, last year when they went to the second quarterback, you know, it was a different offense because he wasn't much of a run threat. But you see, Mariota can flat out run. That Tanner McKee, he, 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 I'll tell you what, man, he showed throwing that deep ball down the field, too. He, he showed me something, man. You know, the, the kid uh, was very surprising because he wasn't playing like that out here. But he got into it and, it and it clicked, you know, and you could see that he's used to playing the game like that. And I, I think off of that, you think that, you know, one day this kid's going to be an NFL quarterback because he's yeah. doing things that you want to see, which is first option, second option, third option, and do that, you know, uh, with the quickness and then get that ball out there and be accurate with it. He's shown he can do that. How about this too, Swift? I mean, I'll tell you something, Gary, him running and the way he was elusive in there, how they played him, that 20-yard run, I got to tell you something, man. If you can get that guy to New England and get him to week one without any nicks on him, they may have got something here. That guy, that guy, he's kind of got a game like McCaffrey. Well, uh, he, he is going to add another dimension to the offense, and they're very excited about it. You know, uh, you can, you know, I'm out here, you know, you're around the coaches, you're around people. I can they're excited about it, but they're, they're trying not to get giddy and start talking about it because they want to be able to just kind of hit New England with that because that's something else they got to worry about. You know, while they're worried about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Goddard and all those guys, they're going to have to worry about screens, draws, and the things with a guy who can make people miss out in the, uh, in the field. So it, it's going to mean the Eagles have really uh, taken another step. They got another major weapon in their arsenal. And I, I can see that they feel good about that. Uh, but, you know, they don't want to talk about it. I'll tell you what, Gary, on the defensive side, watching Jalen Carter and explosiveness, it was limited plays. But I'll tell you what, I, I posted this even and told everyone, I think he's everything as advertised. He just needs to get in there and play a little more because he looks like the real deal. Well, you know, all you got to do is see him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in, in the workout. First of all, you know, the uh, offensive lineman, right away he gets him afraid because when he sees him pick one of them up and run him back into the quarterback, you know, because you know when a guy got, has got that kind of power, you know, you got to brace yourself if you're an offensive lineman. Well, you got to brace yourself, and then he shows a speed move like he did on Saturday. You know, that, that's, I mean, that's where offensive linemen don't get any sleep the night before the game because they don't want to get embarrassed because if they're thinking a speed move and they're not braced, then they're going to get run over. And then at the same time, they're going to get left like that kid did where you let the guy go around you and everybody's saying, like, man, that guy can't block. So he, he really presents a problem, and the thing is, that you really like about it is they're going to have to single block him. They're not going to be able to double him because 
Look at the other people they got there they got to worry about. You know, you got Reddick coming from outside. You know, you got Josh Sweat coming from outside. These two guys had 10 sacks last year. You got Brandon Graham, he'll be in there. Uh, Fletcher Cox. And so they're going to have to single block somebody. You know, they can't double team guys. So that's where, you know, you're excited about it. And, and that's why, um, as I said, you can be around the, the coaches and things and you see how excited they are. But they don't want to say anything about it because they want to let it happen and, and they don't want to give anybody a heads up. Two last questions for you before practice starts there with the uh, Eagles at Novacare. Um, Gary, well, Nolan Smith, I said this. He just looked a little bit kind of oh, – um, his energy level was high. He was kind of false stepping. If I were anybody, I would say this. Slow down, kid. It's going to yeah. come to you. You know, he, he kind of looked like a rookie out there a little bit. Well, you know, he, he's got some rookie about him, you know, like uh, even when he's talking about, you know, what he's going to do. Look, dude, you you know, you see like with the with the other kid, he didn't say anything, you yeah. know. I mean, you know, uh, Jalen Carter didn't say anything. He don't have to say anything. Just go out there and play. You know, with all the yucky, yucky stuff, this is pro ball, man. And nobody's getting impressed by the yucky, yucky stuff. Oh, I'm just so ready to go. Look. We're going to see whether you're ready to go or not. You know, don't worry. You're going to get plenty of chances, you know, uh, because their guys are going to hit you square in your mouth, and we're going to see how ready you are. So, you know, he, he's, he's enthusiastic, and I can appreciate that, but he got to realize this is pro ball. Uh, these guys are not afraid of him. <laughs> They're not, no, no, you know, I, and, and, and I, I completely agree. Gary, yeah. I, my, my last question to you here. Yeah. Boy, I, I tell you, man, I saw the influence a little bit of Matt Patricia because I said this, something that stuck out to me was the communication skills that you saw in the secondary. The kids, Sidney Brown, Ricks, yeah. these guys were looking at one another. They were moving from hash to hash. I tell you what, man, I was, I was a little bit impressed by how they moved back there and how they played back there. If I was going to have a takeaway of a group that kind of surprised me a bit, it would have been the secondary. What says you on that? Well, you know, I, I do think that, um, you know, uh, you know, Sidney uh, Smith, you know, the th I mean, Sidney Brown, the thing that um, I like about him is, is the kid is doing what a safety wants to do, which is he's, he's, he's running, hustling to the ball. He's making tackles out in the open field. You know, you got to get that out of your safeties. Uh, you can see he's got a love for the game and he's, he's an outstanding athlete. You see, you know, uh, the speed he has where he's closing on guys and he's able to run a guy down and, and he's got some toughness. But, you know, he, he's still learning. Uh, he's picking things up very quickly. I think he's going to find his way on the field some. We'll see how much and how soon. But I think I don't think they're going to be able to keep him off. They're going to find ways to get him on the field on, you know, when they, when they got two, three, four safeties out on the field, things like that. So uh, they're going to find a, a place for him to play. But he. He definitely looks like, uh, you know, he's, he's an NFL safety. I'll tell you what, I can't wait to get a report from you on Miles Garrett and Lane Johnson today on one-on-ones. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I want a report on that one, man, because that, that's worth the price of admission. Yeah, uh, you can see the guys are out, out here, uh, people getting their stuff taped up, so they know they're going to be going some full-speed stuff. So that's going to be, be fun to see those guys uh, match up. Miles Garrett. Against Lane Johnson. That and I might try to get that on tape. <laughs> Gary, thank you, my friend. Have a great have a great day at the uh, controlled scrimmage. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one.
You got it, man. Yeah, that's worth the price of admission there. So, hey, man, right there on the Novacare Practice Center. Very nice. Very nicely done. I would pay money to see that. Lane Johnson versus Miles Garrett. Two dudes that could be going into Canton maybe um, at the same time. Okay. You know, you, hey, 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 Brian, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to ask if he was practicing in the game yet because um, that's kind of a no-no for a guy like Gary. If he goes out there and they tell him something prior to him and then releasing it, you can kind of lose your badge a little bit there. So that's not fair to him. Um, we're trying to get Gary on all the time, you know, each and every single week. And I don't want to blow his uh, fob key getting out there to the uh, Novacare Center. So, again, you know, I, 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 if they told him that Penny's not going and they haven't released it yet to the public that he's got a banged up knee or ankle, um, yeah, they'll look down on him on that. So I don't want to. I don't want to go down that route with him there, too, because that's not cool here. All right, yeah, so that's cool, man. Controlled scrimmages, but he did. He at least gave us a little bit that Dean is going to be active in these scrimmages. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. All right, folks, very proud to tell you this as well. Our relationship with Hooters, which goes back decades, and in the 40th anniversary, which they are celebrating this year, we are so proud to tell you that the official home of the National Football Show is indeed Hooters KOP. And not only that, with all the great locations in the Northeast, do me a favor, go to northeasthooters.com, find a location, one of the seven locations nearest you, and you'll be able to go and experience exactly what I've been talking about, their 40-year anniversary. Hey, and if also you're looking to get your draft parties together, this is the place that you want. Call them. Call ahead because... Get your draft parties now, man. The places are absolutely packed. All weekend long, they were just packed. All seven of the locations, especially King of Prussia. The iconic Hooter girls are there to serve you. Tuesdays, you buy 10 wings, you get 10 boneless free. Wednesdays, Wing Wednesdays, one of the 40-year anniversary traditions that you have. All you can eat. How about this? All you can eat for $18.93. There's significance to that day, 1893. Kids eat on Saturdays. Happy hours. How about this? Six bucks, six items. All your favorites. Coors Light. You're going to love it. It's such a great place for people to go and enjoy themselves. I love the food. They got steamers. Everything that you're going to want. Listen, all seven of the locations. Do me a favor. NortheastHooters.com. There's a location nearest you. And I've already posted on our events that we're going to be doing with King of Prussia Hooters. So we want you to come by and enjoy us. And when you go to Hooters, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Martin will be getting a new deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you don't really need to play him now anyway, though. I wonder what they'll do with the fines. I think I think he does have, still have to pay the fines. Okay? I think if you have a contract, unless you're franchise tagged, you have to pay these fines. I think Boza could actually – I think he's up over a million bucks now. He wants a new $30 million a year deal. Um, boy, look at the Cowboys and look at the 49ers, and then you look at the Eagles, how they've handled their business. The Eagles have handled their business in the offseason exceptionally well. Why are you still talking about holdouts on this particular time on the schedule right now? Okay. They did right by Martin, but Sills, doesn't it just seem like Jerry Jones doesn't have control over his wallet? Never has. That's why every year he's got to cut a quality player. Whereas the Eagles, they shoot. Get, get this. Watch this. You think the Cowboys really wanted to get rid of Amari Cooper? You think they wanted to get rid of Amari Cooper? Whereas the Eagles went like this to Miles Sanders. We're not signing you. That was by choice. $39 million under the cap. They could have fit him in. They could have fit him in. They went like this. We're not signing you. The Cowboys had to cut him. 
was a $20 million note that was going to go next to his name for the cap. Once again, the reason that Philadelphia is ahead of the Dallas Cowboys is because the owner, how about this? Jeffrey Lurie actually pays better than Jerry Jones. There's a better chance that I'm going to fulfill my contract in Philly than in Dallas. Because somebody, somebody's, head, somebody's head has to roll every year in Dallas, don't they? Zeke, Amari, last year, or two years ago it was Zeke. Or um, Amari, last year or this year, it was Zeke. Somebody's head rolls. And get this, it's because of money. Zeke Elliott signed a one-year contract for $6 million. What a haircut. Guys are scheduled to make $18 bucks this year. Patriot, and personally, I don't think the guy has any gas in the tank. And personally, I think the Cowboys are going to, or the Patriots will find that out. And you know how I think they're going to use him? They're going to use him red zone, LeGarrette Blunt style. They're going to use him like LeGarrette Blunt in the red zone because they got the other kid, and that's how they're going to use him. Same way the Philadelphia Eagles used him when he was an Eagle in 17. That's how they're going to use him because um, that's – yeah, you guys you cut his hair, huh? He's got a new look. They're going to use – because they got Stevenson – from 20 to 20, and they're going to use um, – because how many touchdowns did he have last year, 11? That's exactly how they're going to use him. They're going to use him exactly that way. Red zone, and Stevenson's going to be 20 to 20. And that's exactly how they're going to go there. Um, Blunt was a better runner. Zeke did have 1,000 yards, I think, last year. Wasn't like he – Hasn't put a thousand. As a matter of fact, if you think about it, Elliott's put a a bunch of years together. I know his yards uh, per carry have gone down, but their old line's pretty good. That helps them. Not a ton, but it just gives them a little more versatility. Not not a ton, not a ton. Like, he's not a game changer against the Eagles in that opener. Like, you're not doing this if you're Philly. Shit! You're doing this. Okay, well, they're probably going to run him in the red zone because he is a good red zone back. You know, when he's around the goal line, he gets in. 11 TDs last year. It's not, he, he gets into the end zone. So that that it helps them. It helps them. Short yardage offense helps them there too. He could probably resurrect his career up there in a new role. See, once he has now realized – and 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 – this is a this is a transformation he's probably going through, and I and I'll make a comparison to you. Um, you know when Carmelo Anthony had to start realizing that he had to come off the bench, that was a different role for him, and he eventually kind of rolled into that role, and he accepted it. If Zeke accepts that role, he could play in New England five years. He's only twenty eight. He could stay up there for a couple years. 
Okay. And in that role, not making a ton of money. Now, would New England probably cut him six years if he's not productive? Probably so. But um, Hertz had 13. Yeah, he's a hell of a running back. Blum was a big guy. I think he ran for 1,000 yards or 100 yards in the Super Bowl in 17. I saw the Garrett Blunt when he went to the Buccaneers, Yale. And I think like in seven, eight games, I think he got 1,000 yards. And he was great. And if you remember right, the reason why his career was side railed because or sidetracked, he punched that kid out. Um, I think at Boise State when Oregon played him and he punched him out and they didn't draft him or some shit because of character. He played a ton of years, won a boatload of Super Bowls. He was a really good football player. I like LeGarrette Blunt. I think LeGarrette Blunt found a place in the NFL and had a role in the NFL. He was a good football player. Really was. We're going to reset the Ravens game at the top of the hour. We're going to go through another uh, look at some of the other positions that we saw too a little bit. I wrote down for the final hour some other positions too. He was just really good. Really good, man. Yeah, James. Um, I, it's an, it's a helpful addition. They need to get all the help they could possibly get for Mac Jones. I think they need another wide out. That's why they went after DeAndre Hopkins, but Hopkins didn't want to go there, took the money, bag of money. And isn't it funny? They, they, gave, they gave DeAndre Hopkins the money that A.J. Brown wanted. Okay? They gave him the money. Some people are mad that they didn't play Dak Prescott in the preseason saying that he needs reps with McCarthy calling plays um, in his headset. No. No. What they want to get, I'd say this to you, Philip. What they want is they want to feel better about Dak because of all the picks he's thrown in the exhibition season and in practice and last year. They want to feel better about him. Has nothing to do with communication or any of that other stuff. Has none of that. Okay? He's a, he's a seasoned pro. He doesn't need any of that. What they want to do is feel better about him as you go into the start of the season. See, right now they're not feeling good about him. And the owner's not feeling good about him. The head coach, the rest of the team, they're not feeling good about Dak right now. Do you see Jim Nance, what he said? Jim Nance is picking the Dallas Cowboys to play the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. Everybody's picking Dallas. Not the Eagles. Jim Nance, I think it's on CBS this year too. Jim Nance is picking Cowboys Bills, baby. The Dallas Cowboys are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Nance should stick to golf, which he's better at. Also, he cut his hair too. <laughs> Jesus, so did you, didn't you, Tone? <laughs> Jim Nance isn't a football guy. He's a golf guy for sure, man. And a college hoop guy. I don't think his best sport is football either. 
<laughs> uh, he's just looking for attention. I think a lot of people are picking the Cowboys. Yeah, good luck with that. Hey, I, hey, hey, hey everybody, here's Big Sills and when also he cut his hair too. <laughs> oh man. But to to what Tone said, he calls it great. Hey, I'll say this about Zach Martin getting his money. So he's 32 years old. You're going to take care of him. But once again, now you're going to turn around and you're going to overpay CeeDee Lamb and you're going to overpay Micah Parsons. Okay? Is Micah Parsons better than Miles Garrett? No. Is he better than TJ Watt? No. Is he better as an edge rusher than Boza? No. Um, is he better than Von Miller? Probably. Is he better than Khalil Mack? Probably. Okay? Is he better than the kid in New England? Is he better? You think, hey, you think Michael Parsons is better than that kid in New England? I don't know, man. I think they're pretty compatible. That guy can play up there. That guy's good, man. Judon, he can play, man. He's He can play. He can play. Parsons doesn't want to be in Dallas. That one that told the Cowboys to draft Mazza, and they listened. Mozzie Smith, man, is fat and out of shape. This guy's in worse shape than Jordan Davis was last year. Jordan Davis was just a big fellow, man. And you know what? He, he This guy here plays one play and takes 10 off. Watch him. Watch him. He'll have the Cowboys are putting one play on their Twitter page. And then the rest of them, they're not. He stands still. He doesn't move his feet. There's not a chance he's in the same conversation with Jalen Carter. Not in the same conversation. Not a chance. Not a chance. Sills, you are biased against Penn State players. Parson will be defensive player of the year. Okay, Philly, that could be. <laughs> hey, hey, Philly. Philly four for four. Sills, you're biased against Penn State players. Hey, I'm gonna, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I never looked at it that way. Maybe I am. I don't know. Philip goes, yeah, sports bras. I saw that with Kyler Murray. I have no idea what he's doing. But then again, kids are kids today. Tone tells me he's got a um, he's got a couple of those sports bras. <laughs> he got them in like um, different colors too, man. Those sports bras that uh, Kyler Murray has, he says you could buy them in a in a threesome. Nike sells them. Is that right? Is that is that right, Tone? <laughs> I didn't know what to make it. At. It's not true, Tone. <laughs> he does not. Not he he does not. I'm only teasing him. He does. <laughs> and he cut his hair too. <laughs> yeah, I so I saw Kyler Murray standing there with a sports bra on that my daughter would wear, and I'm going. You know, there's a lot of ways you could look at that. I just think it's today's kid. I don't know. So Trey Lance, we're one sills. <laughs> he wears onesies. <laughs> 
<laughs> Trey Lance wears onesies. <laughs> don't bring up the camouflage with Sill. Please, please don't. I got off the airplane with my camouflage and my eye black and machine guns, hand grenades, handgun. I had a handgun on me. Imagine that getting on an airplane. Hey, hey, Tone, you don't know about the, uh, the camouflage. All the hurricane guys with Jerome and us, we walked off the airplane, go to the Fiesta Bowl. I had a submachine gun. I had a Beretta, two grenades that I get at the Army-Navy store, and a belt full of bullets. And I'm walking off in boots. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm walking into Afghanistan war. I'm rolling off the airplane like that. And there's like seven of us. We're walking off the airplane. Look at these guys, man. Imagine doing that today. You couldn't get on an airplane with all them guns and weapons. Danny, you had a gun. Hey, no, no, Barb, I'm too immature. I don't have any more guns in the house. I, 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 I'm not mature enough for a gun. That's my wife's rule, okay? Hey, hey, Barb, I'm not mature enough for a gun, so she took all of them away. Sounds like a clown show? Actually, we beat the shit out of that team, but we lost. Hey, I sound like the Eagle guys talking about the turf. <laughs> hey, that's what Tone says. You know, Sills put his name on the test. You didn't pass it, though, did you? I did. <laughs> yeah, I led the damn team in tackles. I had two sacks in the bitch. Wasn't me. It was him. <laughs> hey, 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 Tone. Hey, I played great. I don't know about the rest of these guys. <laughs> it was blowing Mozzie Smith off the ball. It was that. Hey, Louisville, man. Every, they're showing me this play, and I go, I watched that game. I watched that game, and I saw him get blown off the football. I'm with you. Okay? Still's walking around with a flamethrower. Thank you very much, CZ. That's what my wife says. Thank you. I, I try the veal. I'm here at night near the piano bar. <laughs> Hour number three, we're going to reset what we saw against the Ravens. Also, some more of conversation about the weekend games. And again, not breaking down numbers, but more about rosters and how teams are looking. Week two, the two most important exhibition games will be um, the, the second and third exhibition games. You might see Jalen in the third exhibition game. All right, hour number three coming up. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild. 
and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. ton of stuff to get to big sales national football show please hit the like button you know let let me throw this at you here and tell me if you think i'm wrong or right here so chris jones is holding out with chiefs he wants 30 million dollars a year a defensive tackle who's probably right there with aaron donald i'm not going to say he's better because i got to give donald the benefit of the doubt is it me or is it these quarterbacks, once they get their money, they shut their faces and they don't stick up for the players on their team publicly? They never come out and they never back the players. Nobody came out to defend the running backs that was a quarterback. These guys never come out and they never do it. They, they almost become like corporate shields now for the organization. They don't step up for the teammates because they get the money. Do quarterbacks even hold out anymore? I mean, it's like the only position that they don't hold out. And and to Yale's point, eh, don't bite the hand that feeds you. So then you really don't have my player's best interest if you're my teammate. You have your own best interest. Okay, well, don't bullshit me and try to pretend you do then because you don't. Okay. Like, you think Jalen Hurts is going to have Landon Dickerson's back? When Landon Dickerson's contract comes up and he wants $25 million or $20 million? No. Why would he? I'm making $51 million. Why would I support him? I got to worry about my guy, which is my wallet. I don't believe there's anything wrong with that. But I don't like when people try to portray me as some sort of great teammate. A great teammate has your back no matter what. Money, family, being arrested. 
being falsely accused, going to jail. Like when I look at Devontae Smith, I see a true teammate. When I look at Patrick Mahomes, I see kind of a teammate. See, these quarterbacks are on different islands now. Okay? And 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 and, and once again, and to Yale's point, I think organizations separate the quarterbacks from the rest of the team by design. When you pay someone that kind of money, you got to see it at the board of directors table. Chris Jones doesn't have, and, 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 you know, if you look at, and what they're doing also in Kansas City is they're using Mahomes. We can't pay you more than, and make you the highest paid player at your position. Our guy's not even. Why would we pay you like that? I don't give a shit about him. Well, we're not paying you. That's what they did to Brady. That's why people had an ass with Brady. And that's why Brady left him in the wing and left him in the win. Because all the years that Brady had taken those pay cuts, for them not to retool the team, Brady was right in the end, wasn't he? Because look at it. There's no superstar offensive talent on that team anymore. I'm not sure there ever was. And when they weren't retooling it, Brady says, I'm out of here. This kind of goes down the line of what we were talking about when we opened the show with Joel Embiid. It's time for you to leave, son. Philadelphia is never going to put the pieces around you that you need. Get out while you can, while you're still in your prime. Don't let Philly waste your prime. And I shouldn't say Philly. I mean the Sixers. Don't let the Sixers waste your prime. They're wasting your prime. They're never going to win building a team around you. They're just never going to do it. Why would you stay? It's like LeBron staying in Cleveland the first time. LeBron had every right to leave that thing. For him to take that NBA Cleveland Cavalier team to the NBA Finals, they got crushed in the Finals, but that team had no right to be in the playoffs. And Dan Gilbert was never going to build a basketball team around him until he left. Why Why should Joel Embiid stay in Philly? Why, because it's the right thing? No, it's not. No, it's not. Organizations today... Not every one of them want to win. Here, I'll give you a great example. I think the Jets now all of a sudden want to win. I don't think they always wanted to win. I think the Cowboys are enamored with being the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think winning a Super Bowl is important to them. I think they'd like to have it. Because you know what? It, can, here, by winning a Super Bowl in Philadelphia is revered. Winning a Super Bowl in Dallas... It's like buying a Rolex watch to the players. It's kind of nice. Looks good on us. It enhances our brand. When they, when, when they talk Super Bowls in Dallas, they talk about what it can do to the brand of the team. When they win a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, they're talking about what it means to the legacy of the franchise. There's a different thing in the thought process. It's a different way to look at shit. Okay? Hey, the dr- it's more important to have drama and made drama in Dallas than to not have. See, Philly's too boring to be America's team. When in actuality, it is America's team. Hardworking, go to work, do your job, get paid, be rewarded. 
It's actually America's job and America's team, not Dallas. Like I said last week, that's like the Kardashians. It's not real. Nobody works like that. Get paid for losing. No, no, get richer for losing. Get richer for having losing quarters. Nobody. That's why when you watch the Cowboys, you're like this. How in the world does that thing continue to grow at the rate it grows at 26% in value? You know the Cowboys grow at 26% value every year? Think about that. They grow a quarter in value every year. Most other NFL teams are around 14%. They're almost at 30% growth every year, the Cowboy brand. How is that? Hey, I'm with you. I thought winning mattered. Why would you give a shit if you won a Super Bowl or not if the value of your team goes up 30% every year? Why would you care? Why would I care if I... I mean, it's why he doesn't hire a coach. It's why he doesn't really put football people in charge. It's why he's the face of the franchise. Because in theory, Jerry's winning. Jerry's winning. It's like watching WWE. Barbara, Jerry Jones is also like Vince McMahon. He's the greatest promoter of all time. It's, ri- it's almost rigged. How Hey, how can the Cowboys have a bigger brand than the Eagles in the last 24 years. How can they have a bigger brand? I don't remember the Cowboys in a game that mattered in 24 years outside of that divisional game in Green Bay. Get this. I can single-handedly name you one game in the last 24 years, and they lost it. I don't get it. But I do because the public speaks to it. You guys buy and tune on Dallas Cowboy games. They And they infuriate Eagle fans to watch them. You watch Cowboy games. You know you do. You just don't want to admit it because you want to see what your divisional opponent and your conference opponent's doing and your rival. They're your big rival. I get it. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong. But they have fueled all this. The Cowboys are the most watched product in American television. There's nothing that rivals it. 20 of the top shows in TV last year, 18 were Cowboy games. Philip goes, I hate the Cowboys. You hate them, you love them, you watch them. At the end of the day, your emotions have nothing to do with it. Your actions speak louder. And that's what he preys on. That's why Tone goes, this guy just overpays everybody. It's by design. They have brainwashed the American public with smoke and mirrors for the mighty dollar. Bear from Philly? Yeah. They treat us like wrestling fans, the NFL. Hey, you, you, weren't, you weren't on here yet, Tone, but I had 
Um, what's his name? The guy who used to run Fox. Yeah, help me out. Uh, David Hill. And he started Fox Sports. And Michael Irvin had gotten into some trouble back in the day. And Jerry goes like this. I got to go in there and clean this thing up. And you know what David Hill said to him? Don't you dare touch my Dallas Cowboys. You leave them alone. Jerry looked at him and went, what do you mean? He goes, you don't get it. Everyone loves watching you and that team. Don't touch it. Ben goes, Dan's calling us dumb. I'm dumb too, jackass. Ben, I'm dumb too. I'm dumb too. I watch it. I can't be that smart either. I, I, I can't be that smart. Dude, here are the most successful teams the last 20 years. Patriots, Eagles, Seahawks, Chiefs. Right? It's crazy. All right. I want to reset a little bit of the Ravens game. Let me hear some of your takeaways now from the game. I'd like to hear your take. You heard me, and I'll 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 redo it. And I'll give you some of my takes here, and we'll go a little bit further into it. He also cut his hair too. Tone's big on haircuts today. I got it. Well, I'll tell you what, he may have gotten a little bit um lighter in the wallet today with that new uh Zach Martin deal. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Eagle game. Then we'll talk about the NFL. We'll talk about the NFL. Let's do Eagles. You see McKee getting on his wide receivers. I loved it. Eagle fan. I actually was impressed with him. Um, He needs to start these next two weeks. I think he needs to start these next two weeks. Um, In my opinion, he needs to start these next two weeks if he's going to win that job against Marcus Mariota. Okay. Okay, so you are right about the linebackers, Dan. You see Zeke. I I did see Zeke. It was practice. Mariota sucks. Kind of, kind of knew that, didn't we? Um, Dan, you think Eli Ricks makes the team? They're de- hey, let's see, let's see another week against Cleveland here. They're practicing. Gary Cobb was at practice and he came on with us last hour. And we talked a little bit with him about that. Um he won't beat Marcus unless Marcus completely craps out. Wasn't a good game for him, I'll tell you that. I was impressed with what I saw with um with McKee. I just saw Dean in pass stretching. He's getting on the field today. Uh, yeah, Gary said that he was getting on the field today. So we got that firsthand in the last hour. I'm glad he needs the reps. My take is I realize what you've been saying about Nicobe Dean is correct. If he isn't, if he isn't, what are we doing? I was 
holding up hopes, not facts. I owe you beer. Loki, I don't know if he can play. I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, B-Walk. Morrow looked decent. Morrow looked decent. I think the perfect quote we had was in the first hour about Nicobe. Hey, the Eagles are so confident. I'm paraphrasing it now. The Eagles are so confident. I want to know why they're confident. Just want to see them play. And I think that's fair. I, I, I want to see why they're confident because I haven't yet. And personally, I've heard he hasn't had a very good camp. No matter what people are telling you, he hasn't had a good camp. Now, it's not that he hasn't had a good camp because he's not playing well. It's because he hasn't played really any. He just hasn't done anything. Gary even kind of hit around the bushes a little bit with us that he's got to get out there and play. You, nobody knows what he can do right now. MJ, so you're saying that the Georgia D-line covered for Dean? Um, MJ, how about if I put it this way? Wyatt, Carter, Davis, all them dudes that played in the middle? How about if I say they kept them healthy? Would you would you take that one? Those those giant defensive tackles. Would that be okay to say? They kept them healthy? Nobody's saying that. I don't know if he can play. So it's unfair for me to sit here and say that. But what I can say is, one thing that it's been consistent the last two years with him since he came to Philadelphia, sure guys have been hurt a lot. Doesn't seem like to be able to hold up. Okay? If Dean busts, do you trade for Queen? Um, Ringo looked like a rookie. A lot of them did out there. Our running back room stacks up well against any others in the league. I don't see it that way. I think you have one back back there. That's good. I think the rest of them are just dudes. Now, if you think the rest of the running back rooms in the NFL are just dudes, probably so then. If that's your where you're thinking, it's not a special group. It's really nothing. It's probably one of your weakest groups on your team. Okay? No, Greg, I think that's – you have to have a lot of confidence – in my opinion, in what Ricks does to play in the secondary in the NFL. I think you got to have a wide receiver mentality to play back there a little bit. Okay. Let me let me go back over a little bit what we said because we got new people coming in on the last hour of the program here, as we always do. Jalen Carter unlimited play. Um, here's what I would be if I was Tracy Rocker and I was working with him. I would like to see him maybe at end. Let's play around a little bit. Slide him up and down the line of scrimmage. He's very athletic for a big man. Got great feet. I would say this. He's probably the most athletic defensive tackle you have right now. Um, He plays with power. A lot of hip power. Um, And you know what he does, too? That's really uncommon for young players. He plays under his pads. He's not looking and he's not playing high. He's not looking around. 
Remember something when you play defensive tackle. If anyone ever tells you anything about how you play, always remember this. When you're a young player and you're not well coached, what's the one tendency you do when you're, when you're young? You play high and you look for the ball. In the NFL, the ball will always take you away from the play. Your keys in front of you will always take you to the play. That's why they run misdirection. They run misdirection because why? Players play high, they follow the ball, and before you know it, you're on a crack back block getting the shit knocked out of you. That's how you get taken out of a game. What you do is you look at your keys in front of you, your splits. Is he sitting back? What's the formation? Is it single backs? No backs. Is it third, second down? Never look for the ball. Never. The key in front of you will take you to the play. Always. Guard down, back inside, guard away, trap block, wham block. After a while, that becomes repetitive to you because you can almost do it in your sleep by splits, by sets, by... Look, when, when I see a guard in front of me, give me an influence block with a flat step. First thing I do is look inside. They're trying to come inside because what, what, what are they trying me to do? They're trying to get me to follow that guard. And what happens is that tackle will wham block me down, hit me here, wash me out, and there's a gap up the middle in the A-hole. And the A-hole, I like it. So what you do is you anchor down, you turn inside, and you're waiting for it, and you create a pile. That's what. That's how. And they know. And the place coming to you. Okay. I do, Ronald. I I I do. I do think they do a nice job in there. I think Tracy's the. I think Tracy coaches them well. I think Tracy coaches them well. I played with Tracy. I think he coaches them well. You could see. And what they do is they do a little cheating on the uh, three technique. Um, they'll slide over to a head up. Tracy's trying to teach him a little bit of cheating in there too. You don't want to get too crazy in there because really good offensive lines like the Ravens, they got a good old line. They didn't play a lot of their front line guys. But Jalen Carter showed explosiveness. And you see why he gets up the field and makes tackles for losses. Um, he's good. He does a nice job in there. And the A-hole, I know. Tracy does a good job. He does. Um, I'm not going to talk about Dean anymore. We've already done it. Let's see what he can do. I want to see him and what people say about him in the uh, controlled scrimmages. And remember this. Just remember, when you're listening to WIP or anybody that's out there, temper what they're saying until you see it yourself. Because the media is going to um, – remember, our media today – it's all about accessibility, and it's all about likability. They're going to do is if you notice when Gary was on with me, and I'm not saying anything that he shouldn't do. I even protected him. That's why someone goes like this about Penny. Ask him about the injury. I'm not going to ask anybody about an injury to ruin their media badge. That's not. I, I can't put that person in that position to do that. So what you're doing is if you're asking someone to go crazy, on, on a player or what have you, and he's at the Novacare Center, that guy could be escorted out of the building. And they're not trying to do that. Gets Gary somebody that we rely on each week to uh, talk about the Eagles because he has accessibility to them. So 
I mean, but he even said it. Dean has to play. Um, that's right, Yell. And then, and, and then get this. Yeah, once it's reported, then we'll comment on it. Okay? Danny, do you know, cuz, he's he's delusional with all the local teams. There's, there's, there's. Um, I, I was pretty, I, I'll tell you this. Many of you have said this to me about Nicholas Morrow. I don't know about you, Tone, but um, I, I, I thought the kid played well. I didn't think he sucked. I made plays. He did a nice job engaging, got off blocks. He, he was okay, man. Like, if he continues to play like that, he'll make the team. It could probably start. He was, it was, he was, like Ronald said, he was solid. Ben, I thought Matt Patricia had a massive influence on the football team, especially in the secondary. I don't know what you were talking about. Who do you think coached that secondary up like that? I think that's a lot of Patricia back there. Um, let's talk about that. I think the secondary, um, like everyone said today, I think the keys you take away from it was Sidney Brown. You got to figure out how to way to make him, um, have a spot on that team where you're giving him packages where you design situations where you could bring him in like blitzing and shit like that. Hey, I'll tell you what, maybe blitz him out of the linebackers position. You got to be creative like they were with Hugh Douglas back in the day with Jim Johnson. You got to figure out how to use that kid. That kid can play. He's a good football player. And I like the way he ran around. I mean, running through tackles. Um, looked like a rookie at times. And you're going to see him get – he'll get beat this year. And you'll be disappointed. But he's going to turn around and make five great ones for you. So you're going to have to just learn with the bumps and bruises of being a young football player. Can play, man. He's good. That was encouraging watching him play. Um, Rashad Penning, again, he's a good player. He's not great. He's not going to do anything special for you. And the key will be this. He'll kind of tease you a little bit, and he'll never be healthy. So we have to – hey, it's not really if he's good or not. This conversation about Rashad Penning playing for you has nothing to do with being good, how you play him, where you play him, if you play him. It has nothing to do with it. It's if he'll play in his health. There's no evaluation on Rashad Penny. Is he good? That's not that's not part of the comments. Because we're beyond that now. It's five years. He started two games a year. We're beyond this. It's not a conversation any longer. Rashad Penny will. Is he good? Can he play? Where does he fit? He fit in. He'll never fit into the Eagle offense. He'll be a component that you can maybe use occasionally. You can't rely on people that haven't been relied on in half a decade. Half a decade he's been in this league, and the Seahawks couldn't rely on him one year, ever. And it's not a rip. It's what he is. Okay? It's not if he's good. The reason he's on the team is because he is good. Do you know how great you – hey, think about this, Tone. Do you know how freaking great you have to be to be on the team that you only started two games a year? 
Do you know how good you have to be? You have to be an exceptional ball player for someone who never plays. This guy, every time he's healthy, man, six yards a pop. <laughs> it's the only reason he's on the team. William goes, is Rick's for real? Well, the only way we find out if Rick's is for real is if he keeps doing it. So start him. Play him out there more. Get him out there. Play him out there. <clears throat> Remember, just because you see a guy do something one time, that doesn't make him a starter. Consistency is starting. I'd rather have consistent ball players than guys that make flash plays. Flash plays, hey, who do you think is a better defensive back? Diggs in Dallas or Bradbury in Philly? Who'd you rather have on your defense? Who would you guys rather have? Who would you rather have on your defense? Diggs, Dallas, or Bradbury, Eagles, in your secondary? I'll take Bradbury all day. Consistent every week. Doesn't get beat on high-low. Very rarely do you see plus 25 wins against him. He'd rather get beat. Here, do you know do you know what do you know why he's so good? Bradbury has the perfect philosophy to play corner in this league. He'd rather get beat on a 10-yard in than a 25-yard post. That's the way it is. That's today's NFL. He'll give up a 10-yard under or a 10-yard turn route, turn in route or a wheel route. But he ain't getting beat on plus 25. Ramsey, Diggs, all them dudes get beat on them plays. Those are game changers. When you put a when you put a list together of the goals you have, every year you have like a bunch of games where you put up don't get beat three times or four times on plus 25 plays. Nothing about wheel routes underneath. Just don't get beat deep. And he does a really great job of that. Okay? Does a nice job of pushing people out of bounds, limiting the space that they have going up the sidelines. He's great when they come across his face. He's a good football player. The Giants, boy, I'll tell you something. The Giants and the Cowboys in this past two years, I can't believe how bad of personnel decisions they make. Why would you let a corner like that out the building for four million bucks? That just doesn't make sense to me. You let James Bradbury out the building because you didn't want to pay him four million more? Man, I I don't get it. I, I I don't get it. Because ever since he's been in Philly, he's been good. He's a good football player. Greg, I'm with you. I I mean Dave Gettleman, for him to let that guy walk out the building for four million bucks, man, it just doesn't make sense. Dude, you don't let premium positions walk out your building like that. Hey, that's why the guy in Tennessee got fired for A.J. Brown. And that guy who was the general manager in um, Peterson, uh, who was a GM in Tennessee, he's, he was a good GM. That guy had a winning record. Put the Titans in the AFC title game. Lost AJ? 
I think that cost him his gig. Um, I've said all I'm going to say on Jordan Davis. You know, I don't want to keep hammering the point. Diggs and Ramsey are gamblers because they're looking for the picks. Yeah, because that's where they make their money. Bradbury makes his money being a shutdown corner. I don't think those guys are shutdown corners. I do not think that Jalen Ramsey and Diggs are shutdown corners. I do not. I think they give up too many big plays. I just think they give up too many. Bradbury, can you guys remember a big giant play that Bradbury gave up since he's been in Philly? You guys remember any big plays? Super Bowl, maybe? They were doing all kinds of weird shit in the Super Bowl by passing off, like, you know? Holding in the Super Bowl, yeah, I'm okay. Nolan Smith? The holding call on Juju, yeah, okay. Holding call on Juju, that hurt. That was right up there with the special teams play, the quiz drop, and the, and the and the scoop and score. Probably so. Those were some of the plays, and those are plays you can't make in a combination like that and beat can to beat Kansas City. You can't have those kind of plays to beat Kansas City. Okay. You know, hey, you bring up CD Lamb. That to one let me go back before I get to Nolan Smith here. Tone goes like this. What was that? What was that comment you put out there about Jerry? They did right by Martin, but Sills, doesn't it just seem that Jerry Jones doesn't have control over his wallet? How much did you pay CD Lamb this coming off season? How much did you pay him? Would you put him in the same money bracket as AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and um, Devontae Adams? And Cooper Cup, would you pay him that much money? Would you would you pay him that much money? When I when I look at CD Lamb, here's who I see. Is he better than Mike Evans? Would I rather have Mike Evans or CD Lamb? I mean, I think that's a no brainer. You think he's better than Godwin? Chris Godwin? I mean, hey, he'd be the number three guy in Philly. So that to me tells you all you need to know for me to pay $25 million. He'd be the three guy in Philly. Am I right? C.D. Lamb would be like, he'd be in Quez's role in Philly, right? Well, if I'm going to pay a guy $25 million, he better be able to start on every freaking team. I get maybe not Minnesota. I get the Raiders. But you better be able to start on 99% of the football teams for me to pay you $25 bucks. I mean... And to say that you'd be the best number one on the Cardinals, okay. Like, is C.D. Lamb better than DeAndre Hopkins? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't a healthy Hopkins? I don't know. AJ Brown is not that wide receiver anymore. He's 26 years old. I mean, you're making it sound like this guy's 36. Lamb's a little better than Juju. No, I, I mean, okay, how about this? That DJ Moore guy in Chicago, who would you rather have, CeeDee Lamb or DJ Moore? Who would you pay? Who would you pay money to? DJ Moore, the kid in Chicago who was in Carolina, or um, Ceedee Lamb? I'd see. This goes to Tone's point about overpaying. He's not better than DJ Moore, is he? You think Ceedee Lamb's better than DJ Moore? I like the same guy. They're kind of like the same dude to me, right? Smitty has better hands, but better routes and have bigger games. Nolan Smith. Um, got to figure out how to use him. And you also got to figure out how to coach him. Very chaotic. Um, it looked, his head was on a swivel. You saw it. He didn't know. And to me, I don't really think he picked up formations very well. I think he got confused a little bit in formations and you saw him moving around a lot. Okay. Now he was moving around a lot in my opinion, because I don't think he knew where his technique was and that's just being young. Okay. But he is totally a project. Now Hassan Reddick has been a kind of a project. The Eagles figured that out and how to coach him. Okay, and you need to sit behind Reddick. You need to follow Reddick. You need to do every single thing that Hassan Reddick does. Okay, because you got to figure out how you're going to be able to use the kid. And I thought, you know, again, they put him in action, which was good. They put him out there. He got his feet wet a little bit. But for me, he still needed... He still needed a little bit more guardrails. And then you expanded a little bit. I think he's looking the game through binoculars right now. And you got to be able to see, uh, you have to get those blinders on right now. And he sees the game like this. And when you see the game like this, hard play in the game like that, when you're seeing the game only with what's in front of you. Okay. All right. I want to talk a little bit about the NFL games. A little bit more. We'll recap that as well. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Are you guys disappointed in Jordan Davis yet? Are you disappointed in him? Like, what were your expectations of him when he came out of Georgia? You see, here, I'm not disappointed. No, Brian, I'm not. I never thought he was who you thought he was. Wait a minute, Robert, everyone. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what his role was at Georgia. You guys thought he was going to be Jerome Brown. That's not what he was in college. Could it be they're not trying to show New England and they're baiting them with Nolan? Now you're trying... No, because they didn't really show anything schematically defensively or offensively. Um, I wasn't looking for that. So they were very vanilla. I was just looking at base defense and a base offense. So um, to, to, to your point, did they really scheme up that Ravens team? No. But they were in base on both sides of the ball. Um, You think the who, – who's the big nose tackle that the um, – Buccaneers have you think they're disappointed in him who's that big nose tackle um that the Bucks have Arthur keeps touting Jordan Davis's horn that guy's not a third that guy won't be on the third down he's a non-existent pass rusher Vita Vea you think the Bucks are, are disappointed in him You think the Bucs are disappointed in Vita Veda? No, no. Sal, 
too early to be disappointed? I don't think it's too early to see who he is. I mean, I see who he is. Vita Vey is not a pass rusher. He's not some pass rushing monster. He controls the middle of the defense. The Bucs have a good defense because of him. When Get this. No matter if you have Devin White, if you have Shaq Barrett, or you have any of them other guys out there, if Vita Vey is not out there, the Buccaneer defense is completely different. Completely different. It's a different looking unit. I mean, he's not a sack monster guy. But because what you saw, and you know what, you know what, you know what fooled you? You saw the 478 at the combines. So he's a great athlete. What was the thing I told you when you drafted him? I said this to you about him. I went, listen, he's never living up to the great athleticism that he's had production-wise. He's a good football player, but he's not going to be a producing of giant number guy. He's just not going to put up big numbers. And that's going to play itself out here even more for his career. Vince Wolfork, again, I, I keep bringing Vince up. Vince had 16 sacks in like, what, 13, 14 years? But Vince is going to get consideration for the Hall of Fame because the amount of Super Bowls he was a part of and part of the great defenses that he played up in New England. But he wasn't a three-down guy. Don't be so disappointed and judgmental on somebody that that's not his role. Carter's been hired to be Fletcher Cox. He He's hired to be a Jerome Brown like that. That's what... Like if they here, if Jalen Carter doesn't have a year like this, 10 sacks, 60 tackles, 18 TFLs, shit like that, I'll be disappointed. But if Jalen, if if Jordan Davis has a year like this, 38 tackles, four sacks, the run defense is eleventh and is anywhere between eighth and thirteenth. In his career, he did his job. And it was worth the draft pick. Don't over... See, you're overcooking it. Same thing with Dean. You, you go... Everyone, get this, including the Philly media. And can I tell you this, Tone? Tone, everyone. It's funny to listen to sports talk media in Philadelphia talk about a college guy when they don't call when they don't follow the college game. Listening to somebody talk about college football from Philadelphia, from the Inquirer, for WIP, is a, is a joke. It's funny. They don't cover college football. How would they know? Kobe Dean had really great players in front of him. They kept them healthy. And when you're playing Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and some of these other places, those guys, those horses in front are going to kill those guys. What in the world would somebody from Philadelphia sports media know anything about the Southeastern Conference? Who? They don't cover college football. They wouldn't know. Well, Kobe Dean played so great at Georgia. Why? Well, he had great people in front of him. He had great people on the perimeter. 
Smith, Walker. Look at the front four he had. All of them were first-round draft choices. You think there's a coincidence that he played with five first-rounders? Nolan Smith, Walker Kidd at Jacksonville, Wyatt in Green Bay, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. You don't think there's any coincidence to that? That he had all them dudes in front of him and kept them healthy. Dean was the best linebacker in college. No, he wasn't. He was. He would have went high in the draft. No, he wasn't. I told you that. Kobe Dean was not the best linebacker in college. That's like telling me the guy who wins the Heisman is the best college football player. You know who the best college football player is every year? You wait till next April's draft. Funny seeing you tweet about meaningless preseason. Funny seeing you not give a shit about a guy not playing any reps at all. Tells you everything when you, when they wanted Van Ness. Who? I would, yeah, yeah, Van Ness, the kid who never started it down at Iowa. I'm not drafting that shit. No, thank you. Who, did Green Bay draft him? Green Bay drafted a guy who never started it down in the, in the Big Ten. I don't know. Okay. Butkus Award winner. <laughs> so was McGowan from Florida State. You ever hear of him, Paul McGowan? So was Brian Bosworth. Um, here. I like Arthur. Arthur telling you he was a Butkus Award winner. I actually vote on that. Butkus Award winners. Let's see how good Arthur is when it comes to his Buckus Award. Let's see here. Jalen Smith, how's that? Eric Kendricks, who? Manti Teo. Paul Pozniak, the Penn State kid. He wasn't bad. Rocky Kalmus. Trev Alberts, Paul McGowan, (laughs) Percy Snow. Whatever, dude. Best linebacker in the country. No, he won an award. Those college awards are political. I vote on them, every one of them. There's not a college award. I probably voted for him. Hey, hey, Arthur, I probably voted for him. Because you know what they'll do? Georgia will send me a shitload of emails and say, hey, Dan, we'd like to um, uh, introduce you to this guy or that guy. I I probably voted for Jordan Davis for um, either the Outland or Lombardi. There's my ball back there. Outland trophy ball. See it down there, that blue one right there? That's an Outland Trophy ball. I was a watch list candidate. Now I'm a voter. I made that list. I did. I probably voted for him. What numbers did he put up last year with... Um, 
Devin White. So so you think you think JM, you think that Nicobe Dean's Devin White and Roquan Smith. Remember that, folks. JM says he's that. I'm saying he'll never pan out. This guy's a cowboy hater. Everything out of his mouth towards Cowboys is negative. Why does he spend so much time discussing Dallas on a Philly podcast? Because that's the team they have to beat if they want to get back to the Super Bowl. That's why. And quite frankly, I talk pretty much about all the teams, but we're based in Philly. Anything else I have to clear with you? Let me know. Take the rest of the day off now. Okay? You could take the rest of the day. Dallas pays the bills. Oh, that's right. See, um, see, when you got a guy like M. Price, he's your typical Dallas Cowboy fan. You know what he roots for? Relevance. That's all he has to root for. You're only relevant. You're not good. You don't win championships. You win shit. You win nothing. You're relevant. You surely are. Winners? No. You haven't won in 30 years. 30 years of winning the ratings battles instead of winning games. Think about that. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you know what your best months are? Your best months are June, July, and August. That's your best months prior to the season. Because when the season starts, oh, and by the way, don't lose that game against the Giants in the opener and have your boy throw three picks because their little hearts will start to melt. It's always fun watching Cowboy fan. Cowboy fan's the most non-intelligent football fan of all time. How could you take 24 years of being dog shit Two years in a row, you've won 24 games in two years. Led to nothing. 0-2. That's the only thing you have to have. You're 0-2. Arthur Gosil's picked Dallas to beat the Birds in the playoffs. Well, they always beat you. They always beat you. Don't change the narrative there, Art. Come on, Art. But I'm talking to Cowboy fan, that guy. Dude, give me one moment. One moment. One moment. The last 25 years that you feel proud of as a Cowboy fan. One. I only got a couple minutes left here. Okay. <laughs> Run up, Ruiz. It's going to be a fun year, though, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Best show ever wanted Van Ness. Ooh, not here. I don't pick guys who don't start football games in college. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't draft guys who can't start in college, dude. You got the wrong dude. Okay, you got the wrong dude. Loki, thank you so much, man. It was really a good one today. You guys were great. Heading into Cleveland now. Okay, heading into Cleveland. Once again, I came away really um, happy about the secondary. Swift. These guys are good, man. Swift, Swift's going to be a good ball player. This kid McKee could be somebody. Okay. All right. You guys were great. Cleveland. We'll probably get somebody from the Browns on uh, tomorrow. I haven't decided. Maybe Bernie Kozar. He works on their broadcast team. So we'll try to hook up with Bernie, get his thoughts. Guys, appreciate it. Xander, thank you. Big Joe, thank you. Tone. Tone Tone went radio silent because we had a couple glitches in the, in the system there. But I know he's sitting there hitting – Come on, Sills. <laughs> He's sitting there hanging on there. All good, my friend. You guys, and you do such a great job as always. We really appreciate it. Three to six tomorrow, and we shall catch you on the flip side.